and welcome to episode number 56 of The Third Power. Yeah, 56, right on the hills, hills, right on the heels of number 55, we're rocking and rolling. Uh, great guest last time, in case you guys missed it, we had uh, Marshall Sutcliffe on from uh, Limited Resources and Magic Coverage. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that one, please go and search it out. The Third Power, episode number 55. Uh, well, today, we were fortunate enough, we have a new set coming, so uh, I'm here with my ebullient podcast host, Usman Jamil. Awaken the dragons of Tarkir! Yeah! There we go, how's that? There we go, that was, the, that was one of the more exciting ones I've heard in a long time, I'm happy. I was actually thinking about that yesterday, I'm like, man, I got I gotta excite. Nice, well, there it is, you did it. I, did you we're hear me grab have... the spoon as a microphone? No, I did not hear that, but I could I could picture it in my mind, however. <laughs> so we are going to, in fact, uh, maybe not awaken, we are definitely going to talk about said dragons of Tarkir, uh, which happens to be, a pr- looks like a pretty good set for uh, for Cube. This has been a nice block for us. It truly uh, is, yeah. For us, we, for we cubing, nice block for us Cuber people type folk. Cuberonomy, so, yeah. Cuber... Cuberonomy. Yeah, I don't know. One thing, one thing I think is interesting, and a little bit of a spoiler alert, it seems like there's very few, like, uh, you know, kind of mindless ads. But there's a lot of, you know, I think there's a lot of good cards, but they may just require a little more mental calories to process. Right, right. There's not a whole lot of, oh, I'll just take this out and add this. Um, we'll get to, there is uh, probably one or two examples of that, and we'll spend a little bit of time on that later, uh, specifically. Um, but for now... Uh, let's go ahead and start our uh, podcast with a crack-a-pack. Good old, good old crack-a-pack. Oh, I got to type, because you're cute. Yeah, I'm my cube, you type, so we're talking 570 unpowered here. Once again, right. I, I uh, screwed up the math, because I just... I did yeah, a the six by 18 th- card pack. Yeah, the 18 <laughs> card pack. <laughs> this is nonsense. All right, All right now numero fixed. uno is Yogmoth's Will... Nice. Numero dos is not a real magic card. Somehow a basic island got mixed in, so <laughs> let's grab another one from the pile. And it's a Mox Diamond. Oh, okay. Not not a real magic card. Not a real magic card. I was almost going to type that, too. Not, not a real magic card. Card number three is Rakdos Carnarium. Oh, okay. Did Eel you ever... Uh, land. Minor... Um, Soapbox tan- slash tangent. Did you ever play the game Psychonauts? No. That was a that was a really good game. It was a nice, good old platformer. And the last level is like a meat circus. And I always think of that when I see Rakdos Carnarium. Oh, okay. Because I think that's what it is. It's supposed to be like a, yeah. a, a circus with like meat and stuff, which is kind of Rakdos-ish in flavor. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, Carnarium, right? Yeah. So meat right in the title. All right. Numero four, quattro, yes, I know Spanish, is uh, three dudes, three dudes, spectral procession. There you go. Seriously, three dudes? Three dudes, seriously. Number five is a gruel signet. Oh, there we go. We're going, this we're is going. a significantly different pack than we saw last uh, episode. It was like mono value, and now it's like. <laughs> now we're like lots of fixing here. Yeah. Next card is, ooh, Nantuko Vigilante. Oh, how prophetic. Oh. 
I swear that wasn't intentional. <laughs> Next card is Lotleth Troll. Ah, yes. Next card is Lightning Strike. Ah, he'll, he'll Lightning Strike. Oh, Lightning Strike. Followed by Blood Gift Demon. Ah, yes. I, um, I'm, I'm Death Metal Growled Out. I'm typing. <laughs> <laughs> Next card is a card that uh, a lot of people overlook and more people should be playing, and that's Parallax Wave. That card's nice. It's it's like the only Wrath I'll play in my aggro decks, but wow. Yeah, that card's real nice. Card number 11 is Selesnia Sanctuary. Oh, yeah. Selesnia Sank. Next card is Lotus Cobra. All right. Followed by uh, Sower of Temptation. You know... Well, sour candy, sour of temptation. Do, do sour people of temptation. Have, you, have you heard it pronounced that way? I don't think I have. Oh, okay, I think I heard it. I think I troll people by pronouncing it like sour, sour candy, sour of temptation. Next one is Xenagos, the Reveler. Oh, there we go, Mister Dio himself. Yeah, rock right. on, rock over London. Oh wait, <laughs> good night, nope, everybody. Nope. That's for the end. That's for the end. <laughs> good night, everybody. Save it. Save it. <laughs> Did you ever, how uh, did you ever play the the god version the Xenogod? I never did. I, I had him like in for five minutes and I was like, eh. yeah. Yeah, but this one's nice. I like oh, this yeah. one. Mr. Dio, he's a wait. What am I trying to think? A pun. There we go. I can't. I was trying to think of like some Dio pun. Like it's like dehumanizer. I got nothing. Nope. <laughs> It'll bury you alive in card advantage. How about card number 15, which is Core Skyfisher? There you go. Rescue me from awkward puns that nobody's going to get anyway. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so what are your thoughts about this pack? Hmm. I feel like there's three cards that jump out at me. Yeah, I can can see that. Um, I I tend, I like Mox Diamond because it keeps me open. Mm -hmm. I like Sword of Temptation because I like stealing... Creatures mm-hmm. and attacking. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of what the other card that really sticks out. Lotus Cobra is pretty nice, mm-hmm. but it's somewhat replaceable. That's not, that's not right. That's not the third card on my list, but you got the first two so far. Uh, Spectral Procession? You're in the right color. Parallax Wave? Oh, I love Parallax Wave. Oh, okay. That's legit. Yeah, those three are the ones that are sticking out to me in my mind. Yeah, that's a good one. I think Wave is third on my list. Yeah. Um, one thing that uh, that for this pack, at least for me, that sticks out: sower only blue card. Yeah, that's true. Um, and uh, and and probably one of the higher powered cards in this pack. Um, and it's, it, for me, I think I think it's like Mox Diamond or Sower. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes you hear people like poo pooing Mox Diamond, but I like it. It's a, especially in a cube that has no, like, original moxin. Like, that's that's right. an upgrade. That's a nice thing, too. Right. And, like, you know, starts, especially aggressive starts, or even control starts, heck, any starts, accelerated with Mox Diamond, really come out ahead, like, really quickly. Yeah. Uh, especially because of the five-color nature of the fixing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, there's there's a lot of nice things to do with the diamonds. You know, fortunately, you don't get to add it as a land. You have to include it as a spell. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, because you need the land to you know to make it function. Yeah. Unlike unlike Chromox, which you can just kind of put in your land count. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that that's where I am on on those two. That's where I am on this pack so far. I can get I can get behind that. I think I'm gonna take the Mox Diamond, but it's a it's safe. Ultimate safe pick. Yeah, uh, certainly it's really good. I really like Sower, and I actually just recently picked up a really spiffy one. Oh, nice. So, uh, it is super nice. Um, shout out to uh, Stoyrim, which is Christopher uh, Jonasson. Oh, isn't he like from uh, Norway? Yeah. Didn't he get, like, uh, a German one or something? Yeah, so he, he's had a German foil signed copy, and he was looking for an English one, because he wants his cube to be entirely English. So I said, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll trade you, and I'll hook you up with some other stuff. And he needed he needed some smaller stuff, too. And as I am wont to do, I always pick up, like, cube foils when, I, you know, when I'm trading. Mm-hmm. I'll pick up lots of, you know, like, in the, the $1 to $5 range of, of cube foils, so I was, you know, I had some, you know, low end burn spells and some low end aggro creatures that I was able to, to send them along with the English one for this uh, spiffy German one. Nice. So, yeah, that's spiffy. It is pretty spiffy, let me tell you. So, in honor of in honor of him, I am picking the Sower of Temptation, and I am not going to offend people out there by trying to pronounce the German. Oh yeah. I'm not even gonna try. Like it's they're always so difficult. Yeah, because like I know just enough to sound to sound I know enough to sound intelligent or to sound close to people who don't speak it and to sound like an idiot for the people who do. Ah. <laughs> so I'm I'm going to just refrain. So for me, Sower of Temptation, for you, Mox Diamond. The old Mox Diamond. I can I can see either either one I I think is defendable. Nice. Nice. I like it. Cool. And you know, there's lots of mid. We had that was a funny pack. We had lots of mid-range cards, like cards you want in your deck, but cards you don't necessarily want to be drafting right off the top. Yeah. So that's fair. And why can't there we go? All right. Well, cool. Well, let's talk about some dragons of Tarkir. Uh, yeah. Unless there's anything else you want to talk about before we get there, like I said, this is looks like a pretty good set. Um, let's uh, let's get right to it. Let's go Wooberg order. Hey, you're gonna ask if I was gonna say something. <laughs> like, let's go into it. <laughs> Just get a little trouble. So uh, there's this um, <laughs> there's these, uh, there's some guy. I don't actually know his name, but he lives in Portland. They have a it's his Twitter handle's like MTG Cube. Okay. And they have some kind of like mobile app that's coming out. Oh yeah, that's right. He's developing an Android app, right? Yeah, and it's coming out in about an hour from recording. So I don't Ooh. I don't know. Yeah, they said it's you know showcasing it tonight at. 6.30 Pacific, you know, 8.30 Central. So, that's kind of cool. I'll link it in the show notes, because, you know, I obviously have no idea what it is. But, mm-hmm. I'm assuming that, I mean, that's pretty cool, because you don't see many hey. Android apps. Right, well, you know, the more Cube-related stuff we get, the better, right? Yeah, and he used to, like, he he streams Cube when it's on, and I remember he used to have, like, mtgcube.com. I don't know if it's still up, but I think when I last checked it, it just redirected to his channel. I was like, oh. But I remember he used to have, like, marathon streams of you know, IRL cubing and stuff, which is pretty cool. So shout-outs to, shout-outs to Mr. MTG Cube. Yeah, that is pretty cool. McTavish. 
with an underscore. That's his Twitch handle. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Even though I have no idea what it is, and it's going to be posted by the time we get this episode uploaded. So yeah, I'm sure. It's a little time shifting, but yeah, that's really it. So let's dragging it up. I've been dragging this. <laughs> it's too long. I've been dragging let's... all day long. I didn't get enough sleep. I didn't. No, I've been dragging all day. All right, let's Dude, rock and roll. I've been, I've been going around to all the small children going foom. Trying to foom the small children. What? You know. Foom? Foom, yeah. That's that's the sound effect you make when you cast Form of the Dragon. Oh. And you do five damage or something, because it's like a breath weapon. You're like, foom. You just like point at it, and it kills it. Five damage to that. Oh. Foom. And okay. you foom something. That's legit. I swear, that's what it's called. I like it. All right. So, speaking of foom, let's talk about something that's not fooming at all. No. <laughs> let's talk about... It's Anafoomza. Ana there you go. Anafumza Kin Tree Spirit, aka Anafenza. That's what I'm just gonna call it. I, I, I knew Anafenza 2.0. Yeah. Or, or ooh, you can is. call Anafenza 2, which would apply to its converted mana cost and the order at which it was released. Ah, nice. And power and toughness. <laughs> and its power and toughness. Yeah. That's nifty. So Anafenza 2 costs two white mana for a legendary creature, Spirit Soldier. Whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, bolster one. Well, it's whenever another non-token creature oh. it doesn't trigger on her entering. No, no, no. So it's whenever another non-token creature enters the battlefield, bolster one. Yeah, and she's a 2-2. Two, two. And she's a 2-2 two, two for two. Yeah. I mean, this card seems pretty sweet, right? I'm a, I'm quite a fan. Like, I, I mean, it's just like the... What, what mechanic was it? And uh, what was the uh, the blue green mechanic from the first Ravnica? I was gonna say bolster because <laughs> it has bolster. No, the evolve. one where you like evolve, right? Where yeah. you, or no, the one is that the one where you would no graft? Gra oh yeah, graft. Right, because every creature that enters after that is one bigger. Yeah. Yeah. See now, it. granted, it doesn't make the big guys bigger, but it does add a plus one plus one counter or whatever if something comes into play. It was like, not, do you remember the bigger. what is it, Vigian Hydropon from Yeah, Ravnica? buddy, the O five flyer. Yeah. I thought it was a 5-5. 5-5 five, five, five. flyer? Because, yeah, it had to graft all the... Yeah, it didn't do anything, though. It couldn't block or attack. I don't think it flew. I think it was just a... Oh, that's right. A salt zeppelin flew. Yeah. Hydropon. I think it was just, like, a hat rack. I think it was called, like, hat rack or something. Or... Yeah. I yeah. just remember drafting a lot of those decks with, like... My whole deck was, like, hydropons and, uh... Like, drafting a triple set from that draft. And just, no. like, drafting lots of hydropons and assault zeppelids. Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, helium squirters or something. Oh no, it was Assault Zeppelids. You're just like, here's a 4-4 Flying Trample. Here's a 4-4 Flying Trample. Here's a 4-4 Flying Trample. Are you dead yet? Here's wow. a 4-4 Flying Trample. Are you dead yet? Wow. wow. So I just have like the the four, four Hydropon, like seven Assault Zeppelin deck or something stupid. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's that's pretty good. And just watching, just watching people tilt. Yeah, <laughs> like, you so you're so lucky. I don't know. I just don't have like enough removal spells. I'm like, hey, here you go. Yeah. Are you dead yet? Are you, Are you dead, dead yet? yet? <laughs> Are you dead yet? Are you dead yet? I don't know. This guy seems pretty cool to me. Like, certainly we've gotten away from the uh, color color mana cost for our two drops. Um, but, you know, mono white's certainly a thing. Yeah. Uh, even though the spirit or soldier thing doesn't have much interaction um, in most cubes as far as creature type. I mean, making a creature bigger every time a new creature comes into play seems certainly solid and certainly worth the fact that it's just a grizzly bear or whatever. Yeah, so when we were recording last week, because, you know, cube night is Tuesday, you know, I dropped, mm -hmm. the, I dropped the cube off of the store, 
where we have it. It's Wizard's Wagon in St. Louis. Shoutouts to Wizard's Wagon. There you go. <laughs> so, um, I I think I texted, you know, asking after you know we recorded the podcast was like, hey, uh, how the decks do? You know, just kind of checking in because you know I wasn't there. Of course, I was podcasting, and I was like, hey, so so what happened? You know what? How the decks do? I wasn't able I wasn't able to pick up my cube from the store because it was closed, and so I asked, and somebody was like, this one guy drafted this really sweet. The guy who went three zero drafted this really sweet Anafenza green white deck. Hey. I'm like, wow, that's that's really sweet. Did you see that one? I posted on Twitter. I think. Uh, I think I did. Okay. And so I asked, you know, we, you know, I texted my friend who drafted Tommy. I should actually say his name. I don't know why I'm not saying names. I guess because I'm awkward. There you go. So I texted Tommy. Ah. I'm like, I'm like, hey Tommy, I heard you three would with this really sweet Anafenza deck, green white. He's like, yeah. I'm like, wow, sweet. And I was like, he had apparently like three white or um. Celestia cards from the new set. And I was like, so oh. how do Anna Fenza do? He's like, really good. That card's really good. And I'm like, go on. <laughs> like, I want to hear more. I didn't I know what the... Can you please provide more details. Yeah, I was like, you know, I didn't know what the deck was at the time. I found that out later. But I was like, so, it says, you know, let me know. Or, you know, spill the beans. Let me know. So it was essentially like this kind of somewhat aggressive-ish mid-range deck. Like, a lot of threes and then, you know, some some attacking ones. And then, you know, twos and kind of peaked at three. With uh, you know the two the green white megamorphs and then Anafenza, he's like it almost always attacked for three and just paid for itself so much mm-hmm. in terms of the mana cost. I'm like that seems legit. Like, yeah, I'm like that's that's definitely legit. Like, so I you know haven't had really much time to test it so to speak, but you know at least and granted one deck is certainly not you know a shining like oh my god this deck is strictly nuts not close whatever. Sure. Exaggerated nonsense, but I mean, it's. I think it's very good. My impression of it at first was like, this card seems nice. Like, you know, of course it can't tr- token, you know, can't trigger off tokens, but that would be stupid because. Right, right. Uh, three. Let me uh, cast Spectre Procession the turn after I cast this guy. Uh, yeah, and it's like all my birds are now two twos. I have you two know. two, three two twos for three mana. Durf, durf. Yeah, I'm like that's fair. I mean, of course that's, but it feels like sometimes when people look at cards, sometimes they they tend to. For lack of better terms, just like make a gut evaluation, or maybe not. That's not the right word. Just like a, it just doesn't feel quite right, and just like maybe if this had first strike, or maybe if this had life link, or maybe if this token not triggered on other things, like then it would be good. But I was like, I don't. Let's say it has first strike. Is that really making it that much better? Like, sure, it tax for it slices through two twos in that case. Okay, is that? Is that what this card needed to be good? Like, it costs a double white mana, but I mean, that's... Take your mana f- higher. <laughs> I think his what? deck only had... In terms of mana fixing, because, you know, I've lately been going on, you know, just screen capping the, the decks that go 3-0. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think his had, like, no fixing. I think it had a Savannah and a bunch of other lands that didn't tap. That was like Strip Mine, Mox Sapphire, Treetop Village, Gavany Township. Those don't mana fix. And, and I said... You know, he said he didn't have much fixing. But that was still okay. It wasn't difficult to cast this, and you know, a lot of times and it's got it's got some recent interactions too with the dash mechanic, right? Oh wow, wow, wow! Good call. Wow. Okay, and sometimes the dash guys are going to be the ones who are picking up the counters, and then you're losing them. But yeah, I mean, it kind of plays naturally with that mechanic. Yeah. So my Mardu scout is uh, it's yeah, a four two. Like get wrecked. 
I like I like Onofans. I think it's very good. I've been. Yeah, I think I think it's certainly worth checking out. I don't know if many people are playing a lot of the filler tutus like knights. I think those are a bit of a relic of the past now because of mm-hmm. recent creature power creep. But I mean, I think Onofans is very good. Worst case, just give it a try. I mean, that's kind of the the idea. You know, I kind of have is just like try a card out. If it sucks, you just take it out. But I mean, you right. can you can miss out on a lot by just kind of thinking something about a card and just not playing it, being like, okay, this card doesn't seem good because of this perception of it or something, and then just never trying again. It's like, well, why not just try it out? If it's terrible, it's terrible. But kind of, but that could be a little bit shaped because I'm, you know, cube every week, and like sure. it's not like I'm drafting like every month or something. That might change, but I don't know. And then mm-hmm. I like trying new cards out. It's always fun. All right, new cards are fun, right? That's the whole point behind it, is new cards are fun. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, try more of them. You yeah. know, like I said, even though we've gotten away from the uh, the, the the color color, there are certainly ones out there that are very very good and 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 could rep- potentially represent a lot of a lot of damage. Much like uh, a lot of people, I think, uh, tend to misevaluate cards like uh, uh, well, my favorite red two drop right now, uh, Idolon of the Great Rebel. Oh yeah, yeah. Card just represents so much damage on its own. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of uh, hard to ignore it. It's philosophy of fire, literally. Yeah, yeah, I, that card deals a lot of damage yeah. on its own. All right, so um, another thing that, you know, earlier I mentioned talking about the easy evaluations, right, the lazy sub-ins and sub-outs. Uh, this card and <clears throat> another card we'll, we'll talk briefly about here. Uh, the next one is Dragon Hunter. So Dragon Hunter is another in the long line of two power one drops. Uh, for this one is a, so it's a white for a 2-1 human warrior which potentially has some interactions. Protection from dragons, and Dragon Hunter can block dragons as though it had reach. Unfortunately, so, can't block Stormbreath Dragon. Yeah, and I think I posted Which my... is the most important dragon. Like, right, you use it much like the Halo Hunter Baneslayer Angel yeah. interaction. Such, <laughs> such trolling. I was like, as soon as, as soon as I saw this, well, first thing I thought it was like, hey, another Savannah Lions esque creature for Cube. Yeah. Right, and also, like, how many times are Savannah Lions blocking on guard duty? Yeah. I mean, granted, it's better than running them into on the attack against the dragon, but they can't block it anyway. Yeah. So it's getting damage through. Well, I guess if they're, like, hoping to play a Thundermaw or some giant dragon thing, you'd be right. like, I'm in a block, then. Gives you a last line of defense, or I guess you could. Brick wall them by suiting it up with equipment. Yeah, I and mean, you can pants it up and then possibly kill one in combat. Yeah, yeah. Is there aren't the a lot of I think Thundermaw, Stormbreath, which I've I don't know I've been decently happy with. Um, yeah, no, both of those are good. Kamigawa dragons, but those are kind of I mean Colagon. Yeah, we just got Colagon. Yeah. Uh, uh, so there, I mean, there are certain if you have any changelings. Yeah, good old mirror entity. Right, you get, so you, you have blocked. some interactions there. But the important part is the being able to attack through dragons is more important than being able to block dragons. But the the big thing here is that it's a two-power one-drop. Um, and I, I wanted to, to take a moment, if it's okay with you, to talk about two-power one-drops. I think, yeah, because um, I, I figure this is, you know, good soapbox. We, we tend to soapbox a lot about, you know, attacking for two. It's Yeah, because we got two of them in this set, right? So we have uh, Zergo Bellringer, too. And then I know we're jumping ahead a little bit, but since we're talking about two power one drops, uh, let's let's talk about them together. 
Uh, in case you haven't seen, Zergo Bellringer is a legendary orc warrior. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm almost there. I believe that's what it is. But it is, uh, yeah, sir, Zergo Bellstriker. Sorry, not Bellringer. So he is uh, red for a 2-2. He is a legendary creature orc warrior. He can't block creatures with power 2 or greater, but he has dash yeah. for 1 and a red. So you get, you know, you get a chance to get in there right away with him if you need to. Yeah. So these two power one drops, we're seeing a lot of talk on Twitter of, oh my god, I have too many two power one drops. I don't want to, you know, I feel like I have too many. Now I can finally take out XYZ, usually Savannah Lions or... I've heard more talk of Dragon Hunter removing a one drop than Zergo removing a one drop. Yeah. Which, if anything, I think is a little backwards. Yeah. Uh, as we talked with Marshall last episode, and as we've seen on like the uh, Moto Cube numbers, uh, the I think the the mono red aggro decks typically do much better than the mono white aggro decks. Yeah, but even I still, I don't think I necessarily care about mono whatever. No, no, personally, no, no. I I mean they're both going in for me. Yeah, for but, same. Um, but I think that I've heard more talk of the white one being too many one drops. And not the red one being too many one drops. Yeah. But regardless, I, you know, I, I, I boldly made the statement that I, I doubt that I would ever not run two power one drops that don't have huge drawbacks. Yeah. I like both of these guys. Well, first of all, Dragon Hunter, no drawbacks at all. Yeah. Right. I mean, much like the one that came before it, the one that's protection from multicolored, and you gain life when they cast multicolored spells. Uh, this guy has no drawbacks. It's nothing but positive juice. Uh, Zergo's got a little bit of drawback, right? Can't block creatures with power two or greater. However, he also has some positive text, and that he's got dash. Yeah. Um, play these guys. I don't. I, I don't know. And you know, we were, we were talking about this before the podcast. And Usman, say what you were saying about cutting creatures. So I, I mean, so I, I randomly had the idea on Twitter. You know, to ask on Twitter a few. I think it was about a few hours ago, maybe like three or so hours ago. And like I asked him, like, what's the highest number of aggressive one drops you've had in a cube deck? And if you did cut any from your deck, why, essentially? And I guess you know, I'll, I'll read some of the responses. Austin Yost, who's like, who he really dr- likes red, at least in constructed. Yes, he I don't is know about a red you. page for sure. He also is a huge metal fan. Shout outs to Mr. Austin. Oh yeah, if you, if you ever see his haircut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's actually a pretty sweet guy too. I've got a chance to eat dinner with him and hang out with him some at one of the Atlanta Invitationals. So. I, can't, I can't seem surprised. He seems he seems like a good guy. He yeah. said, "Think I've had seven or eight, but only cut one drops in aggro because Moto Cube has some like Doom Traveler that aren't aggro enough." Um, Wizards Norman, who I think has a store in Oklahoma. Yep. Uh, if you count burn spells, I had 18 one-time lol. I don't know if that really counts. Uh, Mr. Easy Street, aggro one-drops just don't compare a lot if aggro two-drops at times. All depends on what you have, of course. I, th- I feel like there might have been a typo, but I'm not really sure. Uh, Jay Boosh, Mr. Shoutouts to Jay Boosh and the A-Team. Uh, 12 to 15, comma, never. Uh, Norbert88, shoutouts to Norbert88. Um, fellow metal fan, Dream Theater fan. Um, 10 to 12, maybe. Very rarely, unless they're extraneous, like weaker mana elves or Gideon's Lawkeeper or something. Um, Rex Rowell, 
Um, probably 8 to 10, I've cut Spike Shot Elder from aggro if I don't have equipment. And then uh, White Wolf 123 said I aim for 7. Gives me 75% chance of opening hand while limiting my top deck chances. So that's kind of... I probably could have asked before, but, you know, I just had the idea. Honestly, I've heard, you know, some people saying numbers, like I want X in number in this deck. And honestly... The metric I am going to use, and it's kind of more of a just like a, you know, you just kind of cook on the fly kind of thing as opposed to a recipe. If you're When it gets to the point that you're cutting two drops or two power one drops from your aggro decks, then you've got too many. Until then, no. Yeah, I mean, I had an aggro, a Boros aggro deck the other day that I drafted, and I had something like, uh, what was it, 11 or 12 one drops in my deck. And as it turns out, I wound up cutting... The ones I wound up cutting is because my mana wasn't good enough. So I was able to keep all the red ones, and I cut some of the white ones just so I could cast my spells on time. Mm-hmm. That's the only time I'm cutting two power one drops from Yeah, from my stuff. I think there and, may be, like... And it also somewhat confuses me when people do that, and they have, like, aggressive twos in white or whatever, or just in other colors, like they have, like... You know, I think a quarter paladin is a very good card, but I mean, I'd much rather would dra- whatever dragon hunter is more important to that deck than a quarter paladin. And if you Correct. if you have to cut one, you probably don't need to. But if you have to cut one, you probably should cut the two the the two cost one. Like I honestly, right. I mean, I, I think of all the draws I have, like the best draws involve being able to stick a one on turn one. Yeah. And then just, that's you know, what I want to do. I want to be playing a one drop. Yeah, I mean, essentially, it's the bread and butter of the deck. You know, it's just uh, sticking something on turn one, just start getting in the red zone. But I don't know. It just seems like sometimes it's like one of these. There's a cut, and it's an upgrade. But searching for a more apt cut may require more effort or thought. Mm-hmm. And it's just like put the effort. I mean, you have a cube. Put forth the effort to find the correct cut. I mean, it's not easy, but trust me. Yeah, and and for these, you know, what I'm going to wind up cutting is I'm going to wind up cutting either a higher drop in one of the two in the colors that either aren't performing up to the standard that I want, or I'm going to cut a two drop that seems to be more mediocre because I would think exactly what you said. Which one of these would I rather have in my in my deck? Would I rather have Dragon Hunter or would I rather have this two drop that I'm just like, eh? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's there's that kind of thought, but you know you can certainly find some more some of the clunkier cards that aren't performing the way you want them to yeah. to remove. And yeah. like I said, until the day comes when I'm like, oh wow, my deck has too many two power one drops, or that there are so many two power one drops that the correct strategy is just to force aggro all the time, mm-hmm. like it was in the Moto Cube that it just wound up being correct to just force mono red for whatever reason, then. I'm putting them in, and they're all going in, and that's it. Yep. So, there. There you go. So, off my soapbox. There we go. That's a fun soapbox to go on. Let's go. Let's go. Next, Let's talk co- about more white cards. White card, Hidden Dragon Slayer. So it's uh, one of the Goblin Piker Metamorph Cycle. I don't know a snazzy name for it, so I'm just calling it that. So one and a white for a two-one Lifelink Megamorph. Parentheses. You may cast this card face down as a two-two creature for three. Turn it face up. Anytime for its Megamorph cost, and put a plus one plus one counter on it. Whenever or when Hidden Dragon Slayer's turn face up, destroy a target creature with power four or greater 
an opponent controls. Unfortunately, you can't kill Persecutor with it, but that's okay. So what do you think of this guy? Alright, so... I think I like this is my least favorite of all the Megamorphs. Yeah. That's... I think by a wide margin. I don't know if I say wide margin, um, but it's... Yeah, I, I'm not, you know, if I look at all of the flip-up abilities, I feel like this is on the lower end, um, only because of the fact that to play him face-up, I mean, he's a Goblin Piker with lifelink, so I mean, that's a, it's worth something in the aggro matchup, right? You're going to trade one for one, and if you get a chance to actually block with him, you're going to gain some life in the race. So, I mean, while not completely embarrassing, it's not really what I want to be, necessarily. Um, but in order to, to to play, and, you know, if I'm the aggressive deck, right? If I'm, like, the white aggressive deck and I want to remove one of his big creatures, we're looking at a six-mana investment up top, if you want to do it all in the same turn. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, like, I, I feel like there are always a lot of better cards to be casting on turn three and four. In white, so I, I'm just this is the one I'm not convinced about. I feel like uh, I mean we'll talk about the others when we get to them, but this one has me a bit dubious. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know what I mean. What are where are you on this card? At first I was kind of mad on it, and then I liked it. I kind of I think I agree that it's my least favorite, but I don't think it's that big of a leap. But I I do like it. Sometimes I. A, I think it's a nice thing to have in in the aggressive decks, or even just in general, even just like in just the mid range, you know, just as a mid range thing, you know, to be able to. I have think it's it. actually probably better as a mid range card, to be honest. Could be, yeah. Because then you know, then you have the blocker mode against the aggro decks, and you have the kill their bigger thing against the mirror and the control decks, right? Where you just get to morph him in the in the mid turns, and then have him available to 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 bunk their 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 big drop. Mm-hmm. Provided you can actually target it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think it's definitely the most conditional as well. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think it's something that you can play early, and then. But I think most of the time, and I don't know if it's something. I think a lot of these built cards with this in this metamorph cycle, I think are somewhat pushed, and it feels like because I think there was some Sam Stoddard, Stoddard articles or you know development articles where they were considering making morphs. Instead of three mana two twos into two mana two twos, mm-hmm. and they tried playing around with that, but you know it wasn't worth the the rules baggage. And at least in this cycle, it's a bit of a compromise. They're like, well, we can't have because three mana two twos are not really 2015 good, mm-hmm. and they were just kind of okay in in onslaught era. They were just okay, so it feels like this is a bit of a concession to just make the hard cast mode decent. And I I think this is one of the things where, in terms of non-obvious things, it's not necessarily with just this guy, but it feels like the times we'll want to hard cast these as two mana two ones is higher than we think, but I honestly have no idea how often that's going to be. And, you know, I have no qualms about saying, I have no idea how, how often that's going to be percentage-wise. Could be 10%, could be 20%. I have no idea. It could be right. Could be the right call a lot more of the time. Maybe it's fifty or sixty. I have no so, idea. So guess what you have to do in order to figure it out? Yeah, you got to play the cards out. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah you got to play with it. Unfortunately, I wasn't there during because you know, recording with Marshall and then just 
didn't really have a lot of time to do much testing, but I think this, you know, I think like this and a lot of the other Megamorphs are kind of pushed in that way. I'm just not sure how often that's going to be. And it kind of feels like it's, in terms of overall evaluation that I've heard just online, has been kind of like, you can cast it as a 2-2 if you have to. And then, but the kind of where the meat of the evaluation seems to be in the Megamorph and then flip it because that's that's what you're that's the car you're buying or whatever. I don't know any kind of colloquialisms or whatever. It's like this is what you're here for. So that's the party you're showing up for. I don't know. I don't know why I'm trying to come up with these colloquialisms. <laughs> but you know well, what, I mean. what if? Well, what if we talk about this? You know, we talked with Marshall last week about the quadrant. Yeah. Let's uh, let you know. Let's 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 put it on that quadrant and let's see. So development, early game. Yeah, I mean, it's, bad. it's probably fine. It's okay. Yeah, right. Not not horrible. Not the worst, but it's okay. Um, when boards are even, depends on what they have. Honestly, right. So so dependent, right? So not certainly not auto good, but certainly not auto bad either. Yeah, just you know. If, Never probably bad unless your opponent has a bunch of three threes, right? Yeah. Then you, if your opponent's <laughs> if your on opponent mon- has a bunch of three threes, you're uh, you're boned. If your opponent is uh, on mono beasts, your three I mean, three yeah, beasts you can, are like you can flip it up and block one of them and gain three life, I guess. Uh, when you're ahead, it's okay. Yeah, it probably depends. Right? Again, it kind of depends, I think. Um, but you know, pretty dependent, but not. Stellar, not like all oh, this card's awesome when you're ahead. Uh, when you're behind, again, I think it kind of depends. Like it depends on what their board state is. So what? Well, it all depends on if they have a four power or greater, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what we're hinging everything on. Well, I guess the, nice the thing too is that this is also going to get people who have uh, pants wearing monsters too. Yeah, it also I guess it depends on the matchup too, and like I think in formats like standard, there's a lot of things you can kind of assume easily about the opponent's deck. Like, if you're playing versus red-green monsters, and you're like, well, what what things does Hidden Dragon Slayer oh, hit? This thing's, oh, this thing's going to hit a lot of things in their deck, except for, you know, the dragon. Yeah, it doesn't hit Storm Breath, but you're like, it hits Pelucranos, probably hits Genesis Hydra, hits, uh, like, I don't even know if those decks play whatever, Miscutter Hydra? I don't think they play that anymore. But, you know, there's definitely a certain defined uh, range, whereas in Cube... You know, if you're playing versus a white-blue control deck, it's like, well, are, do they have... Are they more creature-based? Do they have Aetherling? Do they have Titans? Do they have Planeswalkers? Like, how are they winning, you know? With this one and Silengar Assassin, I think it's a little weirder, and I think sometimes it's the turn, the time of when you need to flip it up is kind right. of... Right, and, so and so all the maybe, 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 maybes is what has me less high on this card than some of the other ones. I mean, I think that's still fine. I mean, I think that's something that you'll need to figure out rather than just say that it's bad or whatever. I mean, it's it's unknown, but like like I said, I have no qualms about saying I have no idea. That doesn't necessarily make it bad or anything. It's just I have no idea. No, but I mean, but that's that makes it to me, I mean, you know, we're here to evaluate, right? We're here to have opinions. To me, the the all the unknowns make it more difficult to evaluate for me. And therefore, at this point, I am less excited by this card than I am by some of the other Megamorph Piker mm-hmm. cycle. Yeah. That's... I don't think that's an unfair assessment. That's fair. So, hey, let's move on. Let's move on to Myth Realized. 
which I I have no idea how to evaluate this one to be completely honest. So <laughs> okay, so so Mithrealized is an enchantment for a single white. Uh, it says whenever you cast a non-creature spell, put a lore counter on it. You can spend two and a white to put a lore counter on it, and then you can pay a white that says until end of turn it becomes a monk avatar creature in addition to its other types and gains this creature's power and toughness are equal to the number of lore counters on it. Yeah, so it's I kind of like uh, what was that testament of faith? But that was you had to pay mana for it. Prob, right? prob that wall. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was from like onslaught or something. One of those weird blocks. It was from uh, yeah, it was from early on. Might have been uh, judgment. Might have been from judgment or yeah, it was from Odyssey. Odyssey. Okay, I knew yeah, it was from that block. XX wall till the end of turn. Wait, and it can't attack. Well, that's that's awkward. Right, right. It's just a reminiscent of that for me. Yeah, that's I all. obviously not the same thing. Honestly, I have no idea what to think of this thing. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, I have a little bit of an idea what to think of Hidden Dragon Slayer. I have zero idea what to think of this card. Um, I certainly, one thing I do like this card in, and this is going to sound weird, or maybe not it's going to sound weird, I like this card as a control deck finisher. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Because the in, in the early, like, on w- turn one, what else are you doing? Mm-hmm. I mean, ideally you'd like to put your come-into-play tapped land into play, or maybe your, you know... Your first land comes into play untapped, so then your second land is your bounce land. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Something like that, where you can set yourself up to have access to mana later. Like I feel like in the in the spell heavy decks, this is awesome because it gives you something to do with your first turn, and then later on it just gets to be enormous. Okay. At some point, it's just going to be like a wrath proof. As like a sweeper-proof finisher for you. Kind of makes me think of the shrines. Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know why I never thought of this analogy before. But you know, like yeah, trying you just to kind of cash it in later on. Yeah, or you just kind of set it and forget it. You're just like, you know, I'm gonna do my own thing. I'm gonna do my own thing, and then like it rewards. It's it's. I think that's probably an Evan Irwinism, but it you know rewards you for playing Magic. It's like Tarmogoyf becomes huge because you just play Magic. You know, just everybody's right, cast. Oops, I have a right, I have a five six for two now. Yeah, sweet. And I think sometimes you sometimes I don't know if I, you've seen this happen, but I've seen people like in, evaluate it Tarmogoyf incorrectly for Cube. They're like, this is nowhere near as good as it is in Legacy. Like you can't just make it a three four. It's like, well, it's still fine. Like it starts out as a two three, and then you just clock them upside the head for however yeah. much it's still it's actually it's actually not that hard to make it fairly large maybe not as quickly as in like legacy and modern of course but yeah but it's still fine and i have a feeling you still die fetch lands are still cracked you know once in a while spells will still be cast mm-hmm. yeah the the same similar context still applies and i do wonder if this is kind of you just kind of you know it's obviously you know ridiculous on turn one but i mean Honestly, I think the fact that you can pump mana into it, it's not the most... Right, it gives you a mana sink. It's not the most efficient thing, and it kind of helps it being a dead draw. But, I mean, and you can also just, like... And I think that's something that's nice about the prowess cards. Essentially, this is as prowess. Let's let's be real. Right, right, perma prowess. Yeah, pretty much, yeah, prowess. Like, you can do combat tricks. It's like, I'm going to sword supply shares your thing, make this bigger, block. Whereas a lot of traditional pump abilities were just very linear. It's like, I'm going to pump this creature, and that's it. I'm just pumping a creature. That's what I'm doing. But I, I think I like this. I think I've convinced myself to play. <laughs> yeah, I've certainly convinced myself to try it over the course of this conversation that we're having. Same here. Don't you love when that happens? 
So yeah, I'm a, I, I like that when it happens. Just having a little bit of open discourse about it. Now it might be terrible. Yeah, I don't know. That's the same but, thing. But you know, the other thing though is like if I draw it late, right? Um, even if I draw it late in say a mid range deck or a control deck, I'm going to put it in play, and then I'm at the end of the turn. I'm probably going to grow it by at least two, if not more than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and then I'm going to untap, and then you know, I, I immediately if I wanted, I could probably pump it again and at least attack for a minimum four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is you know not insignificant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to just attack, or or to have it back as a blocker too. You know, I mean, there's there's lots of stuff to do. I think this card's interesting, and I, I I'm certainly looking forward to how this one's going to play out. It, so it doesn't have much evasion or ways to protect itself, but you're most likely going to be in a deck that can a protect it, b right. Honestly, if you're just wrathing the board like you're expecting oh, yeah, to. The, oh, yeah. Like, that's the thing, too, is, like, you can wrath the board, tick it up, and if you have an extra mana, if you wanted to get in there, you could probably get in there for three or four as well the same turn. Yeah, it's not very expensive. At, at, at five mana. And it dodges opponents' wraths, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it, in that control mirror. Yeah. Now, granted, they're probably going to have some other removal spells for it, but you know what? That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, that's life. <laughs> you know, it happens. But, yeah. you know, there, there's... There's certainly an opportunity where the fact that a do- dodging sweepers is not a, it's not blank text. Yeah, it's not flavor text. That's for sure. That's very true. All right, so so this next card to me, when I read this card, I feel like it's insane. I feel like this card is so good, and I can't figure out a way to. I don't know. Let's just talk about it. It's uh, Ojitai Exemplars. Yeah. So Ojitai Exemplars is two white white. For a 4-4 human monk. So, you know, square peg, right? 4-4-4-4. Four, 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 four. Um, well, this one's got some extra taxes. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, Gross. choose one. Tap target creature. Ojitai exemplars gains first strike and lifelink until end of turn. Or exile it and then return it to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control. Yeah, that's... that's this cool. card seems... <laughs> This card is hysterical. It does this so. This card is very good, right? It does so much. It uh, yeah, <laughs> it just does everything. I mean, the fact that like casting your equipment, tap your guy, mm-hmm. cast my equipment, give it first strike and lifelink. Mm-hmm. I'll equip this bone splitter to it. Here comes six first striking lifelink damage. It's like we were talking about earlier about how, you know, non-combat you know, prowess cards. You know the non-creature spells perform double duty as being a trick. Like this is just a really good example of that. It doesn't make it plus one plus one, but you get everything else. Like you. Can... Well, right, and you get to do stuff too. Like if you have instance to cast, you get to do stuff like dodge removal, a la Morphling style, right? Like, or you know, like Aetherling style. Mm-hmm. I'm going to kill your exemplars. You know, just like I'm gonna. Whatever, f- soak the flames. It's like, oh, sweet, I'll brainstorm. Right, I mean, or let's look at it from the other way around. They're like, kill your exemplars. You're like, okay, three to your face, blink him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, I'm gonna, okay, bl- I'm, like... <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna cast this batter skull. Take that. It's like, all right, I'm gonna tap it, <laughs> or right. or give it first tap, strike. Tap your, right, tap your blocker. It's like, sure. Yeah, I, I mean, there's there's lots of neat things to do with this card, and it's human. You know, Monk doesn't matter so much, but the human interaction is starting to become a real thing for things like a uh, Knight of the or uh, 
uh, champion of the parish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, getting more and more humans now uh, with every set. Um, I don't know. I want to find a way to play this card, but the white four drops are stacked. Yeah, I mean you'll probably now granted they're not stacked with creatures as much as they used to be. It's mostly spells, right? Now granted the creatures you have at four are also pretty good. Yeah, uh, you know things like hero, for example. I'd probably just cut a five or something like you know yeah. go that way. Like get get something a little more awkward out of there and include this guy. This guy's really good. Mm-hmm. I mean I think you could if you're still holding on to a calciderm or something like that. I think this card's way more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, five fives, you know, untargetables are certainly are certainly very, you know, are, are not embarrassing. But I certainly think this card is more interesting and definitely more interactive. Yeah. And if that's what we want, right? If we want interactive games of Magic, if that's what's fun, then you know that seems like that might be an easy swap. Or yeah, just just crush people. Just like I'm gonna swords your thing, tap your other thing, and then kill you. Right. I'm a fan of this. It's also a so, nice top. It seems like the stats are pretty decent enough to make it a nice top deck too, which is cool. Right. I'm I'm liking this guy. He's he seems very good. Yeah, this guy's sweet. One other so, one card that c- combines with this guy. I like that segue. Secure the mm-hmm. wastes. It sounds almost like a I don't know like a early Slayer song. X and a white instant. Put X one one white warrior creature tokens onto the battlefield. White warrior shot the potion or something. There you go. Gauntlet, there you go. So, this is the first time I'm actually seeing this card. Oh. Alright, so there we go. <laughs> What's your first impression this, of this thing? This card seems really good. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, <laughs> and it's instant! Yeah. It's instant! So, it's like... <laughs> you know the old... I don't even know if it's an old adage. You know, like, there's there's haste in red, which is like haste. And then there's blue haste, which is flash. Right. So it's like this. It's like Tempt with Vengeance, but instead of getting dudes with haste, you get dudes with quote unquote blue haste. Right. Yeah. And you get all these like warrior triggers, right? So if you're running things like Mardu Woe Reaper, yeah. Oh. Or you get these other like warriors, like oh, your graveyards get get your graveyard out of here. Oh, their poor graveyard. <laughs> That's not that that matters very much, but you know. Well, you could always like could. you could always like wreck their whatever scavenging ooze or something. It's like I'm in a living death. Oh, you get nothing now. Oh, nothing for you. I'm gonna lose these warrior tokens, but that, you, that's that's hysterical. That is, yeah, right. Yeah, we're just like I'm gonna animate this. It's like okay, cool. Or I'm gonna I'm gonna right. animate this uh, hornet queen. Nice spot removal. Well, it's like okay. This sweet. is also a nice way to play with. I mean, this plays with anthems very well. It plays with cards like Perforos very well. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm digging this card. I I just like I, said, I just saw it. I'm I'm I think it's cool. I do wonder. I mean, shoot, even for like the. More mid-range control decks, like instant speed. Here's a bunch of blockers. Yeah, do you like it better than Decree of Justice? Hmm. I think. Good question. I think I do. I think I. Well, I, I think I certainly like the 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 one one mode better. I don't think I really. I'm trying to think of when I started to mentally process this card and thought of Decree of Justice. I was thinking like, how often do I make angels from Decree of Justice? To be fair, I think people actually don't make angels enough. That's very true. I mean, people like, you know, EOTitis, to quote an Adrian right. Sullivan. Well, they just want the value, right? 
Like they just want to see card, play card. They just want the value. They just want to play this and cycle this. And because that's the cool thing to do, right? Is to like draw a card and make creatures. But sometimes it's just better to make a four four mm-hmm. or make two four fours instead of a bunch of one one idiots. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like. And that was a problem people had. I think when this card was in standard as well, is there was too much seeking of the seeking of the value instead of just like casting some giant flying idiots and like killing somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was the same thing what people did in that similar formats too, where they just kept you know cycling their eternal dragon to get more lands instead of just casting a dragon and killing their opponent. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, that kind of made me think of that a point we forgot with Hidden Dragon Slayer because it made me think of Onslaught. This is certainly a better second white morph than Whipquarter because that was the awkward thing about you know morphs in cube is just like all right you're in white. And you cast some more. It's like, all right, it's Exalted Angel or a Twip Quarter, right. but that card sucks. Well, you're right. There, there's some more uh, subterfuge now with with white morphs. Yeah, yeah. So I think I'll, that, I'll buy that. I think that's cool. But I, I don't know. I think I like uh, Secure the Waste. I think I think I thought of. I think it's, cool. I think it's, it's quite nice. All right, uh, you want to go to blue? Yeah, let's talk about some blue cards here. All right, so we spent a lot of time talking about white because we had some. Uh, some tangents talking about some different things, but let's uh, yeah, let's look at some blue cards here. I put elusive spell fist on. We can probably skip it. That card's eh. one. Okay, one and a white, one three. Whenever you cast a non-creature, it gets plus one plus zero till the end of turn. It can't be blocked this turn. Eh, I don't know. So it's so it's got the new it's the new prowess, right? That it's similar, but prowess doesn't exist in this timeline. Yeah, it it's so. uh, it's actual prowess or what? It's not. Not really prowess. It's like I can't believe it's not. I can't believe it's not prowess. I can't believe it's not prowess. Nice. <laughs> we're calling it that now. Yeah. I, so, uh, yeah. I, I think you also. I mean, what do you think of three card uh, impulse? I'm not playing impulse. Anticipate. I'm not playing impulse right now. Okay. I don't have room for it. But I mean, this card's it's okay. Like I don't think digging three cards is that much worse than digging four. But I just I'm not playing impulse. So I'm not playing this. But I mean, I think it's still fine. It's instant speed and it digs. Like, that's cool. Right. I mean, that's right. It's a cantrip, right? So it cantrips, it digs, it triggers all your, like, cast a spell things. Mm-hmm. And, can't believe it's you know, not. Like, can't believe it's not prowess. Yeah. Prowess. <laughs> so. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think that's a, a card to completely ignore, but, you know, certainly if you're not running Impulse, that needs to be the first one you. Yeah. First one you, uh, first one you play, but, what, you know, whatever. What do you think of Icefall Regent? Uh, so Icefall Regent is the, what, the 4-3 flyer that you get to tap things? Yeah, it's a, it's a 3 and double blue, uh, 4-3 flyer. Winishes Battlefield, tap target creature, and opponent controls. That creature doesn't untap until it's control is untap, untap step for as long as you control Icefall Regent. Spells your opponent's cast. That target, Icefall Regent, costs two more to cast. Okay, so I'm not playing Frost Titan. Yeah. I don't want to play this guy either if I'm not playing Frost Titan. I want Frost Titan first. I'm playing Frost Titan and I'm playing Dungeon Geist, and I'm not playing this guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have Dungeon Geist. I do like I, I have like Dungeon Geist a bit. Yeah, but I, I'm. It seems <sighs> awkward. I mean, it's certainly okay. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be like I wouldn't if I saw it and somebody played it against me in cube. I'd be like, all right, so this is a thing. Right. I mean, I certainly wouldn't be like, oh, that card sucks. Yeah. Because it's it's a fine Magic card, right? I mean, tap your tap your best thing, you know, tap your best creature. Uh, it's not going away until you kill this, but you're going to have extra trouble killing this. Mm-hmm. 
it's at least going to probably cost you a, a, a turn, you know, because whatever you're going to do is going to cost minimum three mana, if not four or five. I know maybe I, I have some spells too if I if I get to untap as well. Oh, it's so spells. I, I think a re- Wait, it's spells, yeah, not spells. spells and abilities. Oh, that's awkward. No, it's just spells. Oh, come on, magic. Magic, what are you doing to me? That's lame. So, you know, you can tap it with your icy or whatever you want to do for, for no problem. Yeah, you can O-ring I don't know it. how many ways there are to actually kill it, necessarily, but... Um, what do you mean? Lots of abilities do two damage. Well, it's like O-ring. Like, O-ring gets... Oh, right, oh, right, because it's not a spell, it's a permanent. Yeah. Sure, so it's got, like, the Emrakul pseudo-protection. Yeah, there's, uh, whatever, um, Johnny Two Bolts, oh. whatever his name is. Oh yeah, well there's also right. Uh also the uh RFG guys, right? Oh so, right, right. Uh, yeah. Banisher Priest and those guys and Parallax. I don't know. It, it it's it's fine, but it doesn't excite me. And for blue cards, I think I have to be excited to want to play it. Yeah. And this card's kind of There's a lot of weird so. cards like Living Lore and whatever, and they're just weird. I don't think they're good. Like Living Lore and Clone Legion and Blessed Reincarnation, they're just weird but not good. Uh, however, what's the next card? Profaner, Profaner of the Dead. Cool artwork, by the way. That artwork, yeah, is really good. He's like, hey, I took your guy's head. <laughs> yeah. What's up? So, uh, Profaner of the Dead is a 3 3 for 3 and a blue. Uh, for a second, I thought it said Ninja Wizard. It's a uh, Naga Wizard. Yeah. I know. And it has exploit, which means that when this enters play, you can sacrifice a creature. And it says, when Profaner of the Dead exploits a creature, return to their owner's hands all creatures your opponents control with toughness less than the exploited creature's toughness. So, <laughs> likely scenarios. Hey, I'm going to get rid of this here wall of omens. Oh, yeah. Bounce your board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> However, is that better than just having Wraths and being left over with a 3-3 and they just recast their guys or whatever? That's the thing I don't know about, is how good is that ability? Yeah, I... Because on- you're sacrificing your own creature, right? And for me, the first things I want to sacrifice are, like, you know, walls, right? Because they're not attacking. They're not necessarily... It, the walls are doing the same game plan, which is you know, preventing damage for you that this ability does. Yeah, they did their job, and then... You know, the awkward thing is it's kind of a nombo with 1-1 token generators, like Secure the Waste, because it's less than. So, you sacrifice a 1-1, well, I guess they bounce their... Well, they don't bounce anything, because it's toughness-based. Oh, right. So that's a little bit weird. I, I feel like Exploit has... People have been underrating these cards... But it's a weird sweet spot for blue. It's a sweet spot for everything in cube four mana. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know about this. I'm guy. not convinced about this one. I there's another pro, another exploit card that I like way better. Yeah. Uh, that we'll get to. But this card just seeing, eh, I could see scenarios where it'd be neat. And I think maybe it's. I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of scenarios where it might be really, really good. And I'm having a little bit of trouble with that. If they're on, like, mono tutus, like, you can always, like, sacrifice something and then bounce all their I tutus. mean, it's good if they have a bunch of tokens, right? So it's really good against tokens. Yeah, it's pretty absurd versus tokens, yeah. 
like that's where like this is a card like this is like a sideboard card against the token decks, right? Like, yeah, this card seems absurd. You're just like, all right, well, I'll just lose this, whatever it is, and oh, bounce all your tokens, and they're dead. Or even just like a versus the aggro deck to give you some time, just like I'll sacrifice sure. himself and bounce your board. And granted, they're just gonna replay it, but it gives you some breathing room. Mm-hmm. So that's nice, but I don't know. It's it's four mana. Right. It's weird, I don't know. Weird space. Not con- not convinced. I, I'm more convinced about the next card on the list, though. Short Crasher Elemental. Yeah, buddy. I like this guy. Granted, yeah, it's maybe because I like these kinds of creatures, but triple blue, 3-3, three, three, Creature Elemental. Spend a blue, exile, Short Crasher Elemental, then return it to the battlefield face down under its owner's control. Spend one mana, Short Crasher Elemental gets plus one, plus one, or plus one, minus one, or minus one, plus one, so, you know, whatever. whatever cool. Morphling abilities. Yeah, Morphling, and then Megamorph... Four and a blue. Blah, 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 face one, face up, plus one, plus one counter, blah, blah, blah. Right. I like this guy. Yeah, I like this guy too. Obviously, uh, the uh, finance world and magic went crazy because Shore Crasher Elemental into Master of Waves is pretty special, especially considering that this guy is an elemental. Oh, I forgot that part. Wow. So That's cool. Yeah. Uh, not only, not only does he give you three additional tokens in the curve up to him, but he also is an elemental himself and will be uh, pumped. Wow, that's nifty. I like that. So he'll have four power. So that's kind of a that's a neat little interaction. Now, and I'm I am uh, pushing blue devotion some of my cube as well uh, to try to see if it's a, if it's pretty good. And I've liked it so far. And this guy seems like a pretty cool fit. It seems like a cool card because while it is blue, 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 which is going to be kind of hard to cast. Unless you're in, you know, super heavy blue decks, you can just morph him. Yeah. And he's got a way to protect himself. You can exile him, and then, you know, in the late game, you can exile him and then re-megamorph him. I don't know. He does a lot of neat stuff. He's only three mana for a 3-3 if you have the right mana for it. Um, And he, you know, as a finisher, he's pretty good. Well, I think because you know in his, in his face-up form by himself, he pumps to five power. Uh, in his megamorph form, he pumps to uh, seven power per crack. Yeah, and honestly, and, you know, cards, can, cards, protect himself. cards like Geralt's Messenger. I've never really had a super hard time casting them in like black no, red. No, me either. And you know, obviously, Cryptic Command, but you don't tend to mind right. casting Cryptic Command at any stage where the windows. Right. Slightly less, you know, like Shore Crash Elemental. It's you know obviously not as ridiculous, but I think it's still I think very good. Well, right, and that's the thing too is that you know uh, Geralt's Messenger isn't terrible if you cast it on turn four. It isn't terrible if you cast it on turn five. This guy might actually be better casting him face up on turn four if you had all the blue mana, because then you could protect him as well. Mm-hmm. And it, it comes back face down, which is a little bit awkward. But you know the game doesn't suddenly end. It's not like oh, it's a two-two, and wow, this guy sucks. Game over. Insert more quarters. I mean... Right. Well, that's the thing, too, is, you know, if you wanted, you could maybe the, you know, unless you have the said Master Waves on four, or you're planning on being very aggressive, like, and you're, you know, you're in your mono blue deck or whatever, you can just cast them on turn three, or turn four, with a blue up. Uh, if they try to do something to him, if the, the toughness pump doesn't save him, you can just exile him, and then play your fifth land, flip him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You now have a Megamorph. Now, he's an unprotected Megamorph, but at least he's a 4-4 at that point. Yeah. I don't know. I, like I think it. this guy is flexible enough and, and good enough that I, I want to try him. 
and it disturbs me that so many of these cards I want to try are all mythics. I know, right? <laughs> so, so there's that. But I like this guy. It's it's neat. I uh, I would like to try it. The next, sure. thankfully, the next card on this list is common, and I didn't put in alphabetical order because I'm a I'm good. <laughs> like Sidisi is faithful. Uh, blue mana for an O4 exploit. When Sidisi's faithful exploits a creature, return target creature to its owner's hand. So it's like an unsummon ish kind of card. A little bit of legs. But do, do Nagas have legs? Or do they have like snake bodies? No. Yeah, I mean this this is okay. Yeah, you know, they have they have I think they have snake bottoms, I think. That works. Snake bottom girl. I was just thinking that I'm like, there you go. <laughs> Look at this first snake. Bo- first, uh, I can't believe it's not prowess and snake bottom girls. Snake bottom girl. All right, so I mean, O four is. I mean, this is this is an aggro stopper, right? Yeah, I have a feeling if it was a one four, I'd probably play it in every blue deck ever. If this were a one four, it'd be absurd in cube. Yeah, as O four, it's not bad. Like it's unsummoned with some upside. Well, right. It's one of those things too where that you're just like. Well, here's this aggro stopper early, and then later on, this is, you know, uh, once again, it's one of those walls, right, that you can just get rid of if you want. You could, it does not a wall, so you can pants it up and get in there mm-hmm. if you needed to. Now, I don't typically like cards like this because of, uh, you know, the, the incessant way I try to support the aggressive decks in my cube. And cards like this are kind of a downer on that, you know, that's why I don't run... Stuff like Perimeter Captain, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but at least this card can attack, you know, given the opportunity. So, I, I you know, I'm not super down. I, I, I'm, I'm leaning towards no. But however, if it's just a one mana bounce my, uh, bounce my Moldrifter. Yeah. To replay it. Yeah, that's or, not bad. You know what I mean? Like, Something that can be used late, too, you know? You can just... Uh, I mean, enters a battlefield, you may sacrifice a creature. Right? It's not another creature, right? You have to sa- you could sacrifice itself. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just a one-mana right. I mean, worst-case scenario, it's a one-mana sorcery speed, you know, bounce their giant idiot. So maybe you can counter it on the next time down because it slipped in under your counter magic the last time. Mm-hmm. Or it's just, hey, you know what? They have this enormous thing, and I can't deal with it right now, so I'm going to buy myself a turn. So, you know, I think it's okay. It's not exciting, but I think it's okay. Yeah. I think, isn't this like a Popper Cube like dream, though? Oh, I, I'm going really like, to windmill slam this in Popper Cube all day. I guess the question is, do you like this better? Not necessarily for Popper Cube, just in general. Do you like this better or worse than Silent Departure? I think I like Silent Departure better. I think I like Silent Departure better, too, because you get to use it twice. Yeah, good old flashback. All right, that's fair. But this card certainly has more legs versus the aggro decks. Yeah. Because it's just like, well, here's this turn 104. Good luck, idiot. Apparently the snake bottom. <laughs> it's a large snake Very bottom. Very large snake bottom, right. On, so. on the opposite end of the spectrum, uh, Silumgar Sorcerer. Uh, one in a blue... One blue-blue for a 2-1. Uh, flash Flying Exploit. Whenever Silmgar Sorcerer exploits a creature, counter-target creature spell. What do you think of this guy? I don't... Traditionally, blue cubes don't have a bunch of extra creatures laying around. Like, blue decks and cubes 
don't have a ton of extra creatures laying around, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, all this, like, sacrifice things, I mean, flash flying to power certainly is kind of interesting. You know, it starts to read, like, Vendillion Click at the beginning, which is a favorable comparison for anything. I mean, it changes the fact that it's only two mana, uh, or it's only two power, mm-hmm. and, the, you know, the effects are certainly different. Because, you know, if you want him, if he's on an empty field, it's just a three-mana uh, remove soul, right? Yeah. I don't know. I I don't feel the need to play this guy. Yeah. Doesn't excite me. Once again, it's okay. It's okay. It's all right. I could see playing him in Common Uncommon Cube. Yeah. You know? Not... Even though, granted, I imagine there's lots of counter spells in Common Uncommon Cube. Yeah. That, that do this kind of work. But, you know, it can just be a, a 2-1 flyer, I guess. <laughs> That's true. Good old... Which is not horrible. Yeah, I tend... But I'm not, I'm not excited about it. I mean, I can I can take a pass on it for sure. It's all right. It's all right. One another card that makes me think of an Elton John card, because apparently that's a, a theme for some reason. Hold me closer. Stratus, uh, drop the mic. <laughs> yeah, sorry. That was me. That was my, my cat grumpily getting off the bed and kind of giving me a parting shot on the way on the way out. So it was messing with her and me like... Knocking a deck box over. So. Wow, I was about to say, I didn't think that pun was that bad. The hold me closer, yeah, yeah. Stratus dancer. No, no. However, I do think people completely overlook the Tina Turner reference, which is Private Dancer. I've never heard that song. Even after he said that, I'm Watch. like, I've never heard Private Dancer. I'm your private dancer. Da- you know, uh, what's the line? I'm your private dancer, 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 dancing for money. Do what you want me to do. Uh. Oh my. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your private dancer, oh, t- dancing for money. Do what you want me to do. Yeah, buddy. Oh dear, That's Tina Turner. Wow, it's not quite rolling, rolling, rolling. Yeah, rolling, the- rolling on the rim. I was about to say it's a little different. <laughs> But that's what I think of. I, I I err towards the side of Tina Turner and not Elton John. I was about to say, I, I... just so there's equal representation here. All right, that works. So Stratus dancer. <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that. <laughs> it's a creature, Jin Monk, uh, flying two one. Jin Monk is kind of fun to say. Jin Monk, yeah. Jin Monk, yeah. Not the Jin, because come on, Jin come Monk. on now. Megamorph one and a blue. Uh, or, I'm sorry, Megamorph one and a blue. Right. And then when it gets turned face up, uh, you muddle the mixture, aka counter target instant or sorcery spell. I think I really like this guy. <laughs> me too. I I think this was the first one of the cycle, right? That was spoiled. Uh, I believe so. Okay. Yeah, I am. Um, I think this one probably probably get, has the best incentive to hard cast it as a two one. But its ability that's... isn't embarrassing either. It's nice, and that's what I tend to like about these kinds of cards. They're nice insurance. Like maybe they have a ref. Maybe they have Sinks's Revelation. Well, if they do. You have this thing. I mean, you could also, on your turn five or whatever, you're just like, play this morph. Mm-hmm. They're like, kill it. And you're like, how about instead, I have a 3-2 flyer. Yeah. And it was kind of that way with Willbender, but its body was usually just really small. Which is... Oh, but next to Willbender, this card's really nice. Same thing with, uh, uh, what's his name? The one you get to turn face down again. Oh, uh, Megamorphling? 
No, 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 no. The uh, the oh, Lost in Time Spiral that was part of the Pickles Lock. Oh, Shapeshifter, right? And that's yeah, a it was that that Shapeshifter and this card combined. Yeah, that's Oof. pretty good. And I think that's something. I think Kenny Mayer, shout outs yeah. to Kenny Mayer, was saying he wants to put. You know, was thinking about putting a Shapeshifter back in his queue because of this Megamore cycle and stuff like that. Because, I mean, you can actually utilize the combo without having to run terrible cards like Brine Elemental, which, let's, mm-hmm. be, let's be blunt, that card's not good. That card is not good. It costs way too much mana. But this guy, I like. Like, when it was first spoiled, somebody had it in, like, a almost mono-white deck splashing this guy. I think he first picked it, which is probably a bit too high. Mm-hmm. And it's a, but, I, you know, new cards. And I think he said he liked it. He said... You know, probably would have been better in a more controlling deck, but you know, it was still fine as a, as a you know, nice insurance policy. I'm like, that's cool. So yeah, yeah I like I, this guy. Yeah, I, I dig this guy. I mean, two one flyer for two is fine. No drawbacks. I mean, it's a uh, what a Welkin turn. Yeah, Welkin turn. Uh, Stormfront Pegasus, whatever. So you know, it's it's not horrible in 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 that mode, uh, but once you start, I mean. Counter a spell and get a three-two flyer out of the deal is is real nice and like you know blue having extra blue morphs is also very nice as well. Yeah, I think because it's like you know they they're the blue morph and they have two mana up and you're like, well, <laughs> something's probably going to go really wrong if I try to cast a spell. Yeah, it's like well, uh, test spell. I guess I'll just cast this here creature. Right. Let's. Which spell won't wreck me that much? Mm-hmm. It's like, well. Guess I'll do that, but I, yeah, I like this guy. And like I said, it's a nice narrow. I like having it, it's nice having these kind of narrow effects when they're on serviceable things, right? It's like, and and that's the thing too is I like, for example, like we want to compare this to Hidden Dragon Slayer. Very rarely are they not going to have an instant or sorcery spell you'd like to counter. Yeah, I mean, most decks have those. I mean, occasionally you come across like the white aggro decks that maybe just have like artifacts and equipments and I guess those are artifacts but you know and a bunch of creatures necessarily or you know Mm -hmm. so maybe it won't be super useful there but I feel like more decks have spells to cast than they do for for, uh, power guys or greater Um, and 2-1 flyer I think better than 2-1 lifelink for sure yeah um and you know the 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 thought of a three two flyer is you know does a lot of work in in short fashion so yeah uh, this is this is a this is an easy include for me yeah it's a pretty pretty nice card uh let's see black cards I guess I'll just scroll up to the section because I can all right well the first one on my uh list here what I'm seeing in alphabetical order two is blood chin rager yeah it's an interesting one. Yeah. So. so so Bloodchin Ranger Rager is a one and a black. He's a human warrior for a two two. It says whenever he attacks, each warrior creature you control can't be blocked this turn except by two or more creatures, which includes himself. Mm-hmm. So he uh, you know beats so he, beats to the let's say beats to his own goblin war drone. So that sounds a little uh, uh, yeah. Uh, but that's what you're getting. So there you go. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's certainly interesting. I, I don't. I'd have to do a uh, a warrior check to see how much cross action we get in black. I think the, a lot of the concentrations, like in Mardu, like white, blue, or white, white black, red, right? red, yeah. But black only has you know black's only been a warrior color for a little while, right? Primarily, that was always the reds territory. 
I think there was still a decent amount. You have the one drop with uh, Raid. Oh, yeah, yeah. That guy's a warrior. Uh, And I think the other one drop that has uh, Heroic. Oh, yeah, yeah. That guy's a warrior, too, right? Tormented hero or whatever. Yeah, I think he's a warrior. Let's find out. Um, So you have a little bit of cross-section, but a lot of the other one drops and two drops and three drops in black are like zombies, right? Like zombies and vampires. Now, granted, there might be zombie warriors, I guess. Probably. I guess it's possible that we have some of that kind of stuff. Let's find out. So we have Bloodsoak Champ, Brutal Horde Chief. That's a warrior. Uh, I'm just kind of searching. So there's only 69. Well, warrior. <laughs> Fleshbag. <laughs> Flesh, right, Fleshbag Marauder, Gatekeeper of Malakir. That guy's a warrior? Apparently, yeah. Oh, cool. He's a vampire <laughs> warrior. Get, get to the vampire. Corlash, nobody's playing that because it sucks. Life being zombies, a warrior. Wow. Whoa. That's cool. Cool. Because you know that guy can't be blocked by two or more black creatures. Then I guess. Yeah, you're. Yeah, you're just getting in there. It's unblockable. More artifact creatures. Yeah, you're just Marty Skull Hunter, Marty Strike Leader. So all the recent stuff. It's a lot of the recent stuff. It seems like. Yeah, it seems like. I mean, should be granted. Creatures in cube tend to skew more modern. So, reassembling skeleton, although I don't know, I'm not really huge on that guy. Reassembling skeleton, Sultai emissary, Sultai scavenger. Uh, yeah, tormented hero, vampire lacerator. Uh, oh, good, lacerator is a warrior. That's good to know. Yeah, so, this, you know, so there's a few one drops then that you that would make a good follow up because then you get to one drop that guy. If they play a one drop, you're like turn to oh he has to attack. Does he? Okay, so he has to attack in order to get the bonus. It's not just oh. the warrior has to attack. That's eh, okay. Just wait a turn. So. He'll be all right. I mean, that's still fine. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's okay. That's, that's legit. It's it's a filler black two-drop. Mm-hmm. What do you think, bad? Yeah, it's all right. By the way, I, as I'm looking at this, I see Butcher's Glee. There's going to be a lot of people really annoyed at that card in Limited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow. Plus three, plus O, oh, and lifelink. So I'm just going to gain a bunch of life. And oh, by the way, regenerate my guy. So just like small dude taking down enormous guy. And oh, by the way, my guy's still alive. The crave. That's what it is, man. It's the crave. So, that That's a combat trick for sure. Jeez. Yeah, that's going to be annoying. Um, Damnable Pact. What do you think of this? What do you think of this card? All right, so this is uh, X Black Black. Target player draws X cards and loses X life. Yeah, do you want to call it, like, Drain Geyser? Is that a cool word name for it? Ooh. Did you come up with that one yourself? I, I literally just made it up. That I like it. Drain Geyser. Wait, that's good? I thought that was kind of crappy. I like it. Okay, I'll, I'll I mean, roll with it. Just, the, the costs are very similar. Yeah. Right? I like Man, it. Man, I'm on fire creativity. I guess Man. in order to be creative, I need to get, like, no sleep. Right, there Just you drink go. a bunch of tea. Right, well, freeze your mind, right? You don't have all you, this other stuff, all this other brain activity getting in the way of the creativity. Apparently. So, I don't know, what do you think of this card? I, so, I don't know. I kind of I kind of like it. I, I kind of, it's, it's a little bit of a downer that it's a sorcery. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. I don't know. It's kind of cool that I, you can just kill somebody, but, I mean, I'm trying to think of how often I've killed somebody with sign and blood. I think... Yeah, I mean, ones... I, I, watched a, I watched a PTQ one with it. Off of a sign and blood to their opponent. Wow. To win the PTQ. Nice. 
Yeah, Mardu deck won the PTQ off of a Sign and Blood You. That's cool. That's game, boys. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, that was a nice coup de gras for sure. Nice. I don't know. I, I don't. I, I I don't know. I think I'm leaning towards no right now. I, I that's the way I feel as well. But I could very easily be proven wrong. Yeah. Because sometimes you just want to draw a bunch of cards. However, you know, like this is certainly not a control card. No. No. Um, this is certainly an aggressive card, but I do like the fact that, you know, maybe you just, you know, I guess it's a bad fireball at the end of the game if you need it, but it seems like almost always it'd be better to do it to yourself. Yeah. However, like, you know, maybe you just draw it late and you're just like, hmm. See, let's let's see if this kills you. I guess if somebody have Nykthos, and they're like, get 25 mana, and you're dead. Right. That's, that's kind uh, of interesting, know. but I, I, I don't it's know. It's interesting, but I'm I'm leaning towards no. Yeah, that's that's but, kind of my. You know, it's okay, it's okay. Have you seen the new duress? The artwork and the flavor text. I've seen the artwork, and the artwork is creepy. It is, yeah. Colagon is not happy. So the flavor text, and I think this flavor text is just brilliant. Sarkin was eager to take vengeance on Zergo until he saw how lowly his old foe had become. Oh, wow. That's cool. I like that. I think that's great. Like, that's that's nice. That is pretty cool. But yeah, I don't know. If, if for some reason you don't have a duress in your cube, you can always just get one. But they're common, so they're probably cheap anyway. Right. That one is a pretty cool artwork, What's though. the next sure. card? Pitiless Horde. There we go. We were talking okay, so about this. This card looks sweet. Yeah, this card. I was talking about this uh, pre, pre-cast here. Yeah, two and a black for a 5-3. Orc Berserker. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Two and a black four five three. Yeah, just, okay, alright. Let me just I wanted to repeat that. Go ahead, yeah, keep going. That's fair. At the beginning of your upkeep, lose two life. Uh dash. Two and two black. Yeah, just two and two black. So you get around the drawback. Right. But I don't know, like right. it seems honestly, I don't know if Dash is such a weird mechanic and it hasn't seen much play in constructed yet. Aside from like the Saito mono black deck. But I think people well, are the, the mono red deck has the mono red deck has the three one dash guy in it. Yeah, has that done much like in constructed? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, before the green white uh, infimur came around, Oof. yeah, the, that mono red deck was was making some making some hay Ew. for sure. Yeah, that that's those mirror matches. It's strange. Like I actually like watching like you know control mirrors and stuff like that like the yeah but that's not that one's not interactive it's just no. let me just do my own stuff on my side yeah it's like go let me do my own stuff on my side mm-hmm. go yeah, until not... someone has a bunch of mana and then they're like ooh time to start shooting your things it's not like jockeying it's not like jockeying for position or anything like that or like i'm going to do this there's not much of that it's just like all development 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 and then the first person who can make a move an unanswered move once your board is built up it's, is often the winner. It's essentially like two people fencing, which would be like, you know, a control mirror or like a aggro control mirror versus just like straight haymakers, you know, just like, uh, you know, two giants, you know, just brawling. It's like, here's this manifest, here's this, here's this huge, I don't know. But I, I didn't mind yeah, watching It's often it. the person who basically has more mana is the one who winds up winning. Yeah, right? or, or... Or who draws the trump, the unanswered trump. I was going to say... This is a few trump cards in the format. I was going to say that, or who who doesn't skip a beat or something. But it's kind of, yeah. So right, I, like, there's a couple ways to get at it, right? You can, like, pull a Kronos early and kill their... If you could pull a Kronos early and kill their mana-producing guys, 
that's a way to get ahead. Yeah. But once again, it's like attacking their mana because it's all about like the mana race and getting more mana, more cards manifested into play and bigger Genesis Hydras and basically finding the way to the trump that's going to break you through, which can either be uh, high Sentinels of Arashin, so you have a flyer to get over everything that can just be enormous. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, fight a bunch of guys with Polychronos, bounce it with the uh, the wolf guy. Oh, Seamer, Teamer Sabretooth or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. And then recast it, fight more guys, add not, you know, that every turn. Whee! So Yeah. Yeah, it's very, it's, it's not very interactive. Yeah, but. you don't tend to see a lot of dash, is, I guess that was the point I was anyway, getting at. Yeah, Fiddle is Horde. Yeah, it, it seems like you don't tend to see a lot of dash, so it seems like, it seems like it's not, there's, it seems like people just maybe not be evaluating it correctly, like not knowing the, and granted, to be fair, it's kind of hard to quantify flexibility. You know, it's not like lightning bolt or like a bolt or, you know, some kind of um, direct damage spell. It's like, well, here's bolt. Here's this direct analog. Okay. Right. And it's a and it's a little format dependent too, right? So dash by its nature would be very good in a sweeper heavy environment. Because you just get to like play your guys every single turn. Like you basically have a constant damage stream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So or, you know, in a sorcery speed removal environment. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that even exists or not, but I'm just saying, like, it, it, it's all, I think, evaluating flexibility depends on context as well. Well, I think that... Like, format context. That as well as just what's the value of being able to dash. Like, I do wonder which is the better... Like, there's cards like Goblin Heel Cutter, which there's one mode. There's dash, and that's it. Like, you can hard right. cast it if you, if you really want to, but for the, like majority of the cases, you're just going to dash it out. And that's fine, because Kill Cutter's really good. Right, because you just want the ability every turn. Yeah, you just want to like, wreck them and just like, okay, this guy can't block, getcha. This guy can't block, getcha. But yeah, this, th- this guy, I just want to cast as a 5-power 3-drop. Yeah, and I just... The flexibility just seems kind of weird, but I, I, I don't know. It hits like a truck. But it's good in the, alright, what am I going to top deck here? Oh! Yeah. 5-power five, five hasty guy. I drew Lava Axe. So, you know, that right, that I could, that if it doesn't die, I'm going to cast it again next turn. I don't know, this guy seems really good to me. I like it. Um, and I think really can help push, especially with the one, the singular black and the mana cost, I think can help push the, you know, the, the black aggressive decks even more, which is, is you know, black always needs some help. Um, it's, it, I don't think it's as bad. I think it could certainly be better than you see it in a lot of its forms. However, uh, it's certainly not the greatest either, and a card like this is just, whew. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's got the magical, I, I die to everything, toughness for cube, right, of three. I gotta forget but, that'd be know, two. But mainly against the red deck. So, yeah, yeah. you know, let's, let's be honest, most of the spells all deal three now. Yeah, all the bolts deal three, yeah. So, three or more, you know. For, only, like, Burst Lightning and, like, Firebolt are the ones that don't. That are often played that you're not gonna that are not gonna kill this guy. Burst of lightning. I'm burst of lightning. So that always gets just me cramming all the songs in here. Yeah, I think uh, we are. But I don't know. I like this guy. This guy's sweet. I like I'm, it. I'm gonna find a way to play him. Also, and, you know, I'm, um, I'm gonna find some maybe clunky or three drop to take out. Like if you if you're still running ye old uh, Frixian Rager. 
Yeah, get that. I think the, I think the sky's where you want to be. It's time to crack that egg. Also, um, I don't think we talked about it with the episode with Marshall, but there was a certain three-mana creature that has lifelink that got recently spoiled. That's a, it turns into a planeswalker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. That's true. That's a little way to negate that drawback. Another Grant. fight. Yeah, and you know, well, that's what black does, right? So black is like, I lose life in order to, you know, to gain it. You know, I pay my own life force in order to do things. Well, luckily we have some ways to gain life back in black, too, you know? This is very true. So, you know, like Grey Merchant. Yeah. Which actually hit pretty good in, in my cube so far. It's been, it's been pretty solid. So, all right. All right, let's keep going. Risen so, Executioner. Speaking of zombies, uh, Risen Executioner. Uh, okay. I don't know, 2 and 2 black for 4-3. Can't block. Other zombie creatures get plus 1, plus 1. You may cast Risen Executioner from your graveyard if you pay one more to cast it for each other creature card in your graveyard. So, oh, yeah. yeah I, I, yo, dog, yeah. yo, dog, I heard you like self-defeating abilities. So we put yeah. it on this card. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's a cool card. It's a cool casual card. Yeah, I think there's cards worth spending more mental calories on, like Sidisi. So Sidisi. Yeah, this is the exploit card I was talking about. Oh, okay, I kind of figured. So that's good. Sidisi Undead Vizier, three and double black for a four six, legendary creature zombie naga. Uh, Death touch. Naga naga naga. Not gonna work. Not gonna work around here anymore. There's no plant naga. Because there's no more green and salt eye, so I didn't get my ghost pepper. Such sadness. Not gonna, not gonna, not gonna work around here anymore. So we get four right. six death touch exploit. Whenever Sidisi. Yeah, so four six, four six death touch is legit. By the way. <laughs> yeah, you. Uh, yeah, you're not. Um, that thing's not dying very easily, and it's killing everything. Yeah, you're probably gonna have to trade with the Titan. Uh, whenever Sidisi exploits a creature, you may search your library for a card, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. So essentially, demonic slash diabolic tutor or whatever. That is an exploit effect right there, boys. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's the kind of stuff I want to be doing. I want to be trading in cards that don't do much at that point in time for ridiculous things. Or at the very least, this isn't the card I wanted to draw here that I needed to draw. But you know what is? I'm going to go get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So somebody drafted, he actually was the guy who went, um, he was second place in that draft deck last week, and he had some kind of like Sultai opposition kind of deck, and he had Sidisi okay. in the deck, and I was like, so how how was it? Um, he said, Sidisi was great because she was another demonic tutor that could put the brakes on a fatty, turning a wall of omens, or wall of blossoms into an ancestral recall feels really good, because he had ancestral recall in the deck. Oh, oh yeah, sure. So that's not bad. Or and even you know, like even if it wasn't a ancestral recall, it could be something like a you know, Liliana Vale or something, or you know some other. Right. So yeah. So as it turns out, the Monic Tutor is really good. Yeah. Uh, when you can trade a random idiot in for it. Yeah. It's pretty good. And considering that uh, Diabolic Tutor is only one mana cheaper than this card. <laughs> And this card, you have the potential of keeping a 4-6 around, a 4-6 death touch around, in addition to getting the card you want? Yeah. I do have a feeling it might be a bit of a feel-bad if you don't have a creature to sacrifice to it. This 5 mana is a little well, quite overpriced for a... Uh, okay, but, but that's if there's okay. nothing... If there's if there's a card that's not better than Sidisi in your deck, then you just 
don't exploit it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have a 4-6 death touch that things are likely not getting through on the ground. Mm-hmm. And even still, that's probably fine. It's like, alright. I'll pay 5 to Demonic Tutor, that's cool. Right, I mean, you know, worst case scenario, right? Like, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, don't play bad magic, as as we like saying on the podcast. Nobody's forcing like you to play... Cards don't force you to play poorly. Yeah, don't be don't be bad. But yeah, this right. I, I like Sidisi a lot. I'm glad. And also five Same. five drop creatures in black. You got Shriek Maw. You got I, I mean you have Blood Gift Demon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You have Blood Gift Demon. There's not much. It's really hard too. Right, but there's not much you're right. That's the thing, is it's not very deep. Yeah, it's quite uh quite shallow. So this, I, I think it'll be easy to find a, a home for, for this one. Yeah. Salumgar Assassin, another of the Megamorph Cycle. Uh, one yeah, in the black, one in the black for a 2-1. Creatures with power greater than Salumgar's, Salumgar's Assassin. What? What is this, formatting? Good job. Uh, power can't block it. Megamorph, 2 in the black, blah, 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 blah. When, wow. When Salumgar's, when Salumgar Assassin... It's turned face up. Destroy target creature with power three or less in opponent controls. Okay, so I messed that up. I, there was no misformatting. I'm just dumb. So <laughs> <laughs> I do like that its ability helps it to attack. Yeah, like you kill the small things that could block this. Right, because if you flip it up, it has three power, and it kills something that has less than three power that's going to be able to block it. One thing I notice as well um, for every part of this cycle or three or less sorry yeah every member of that metamorph cycle or megamorph cycle whatever okay they're all singular creatures that have a weapon interesting and I do wonder you know because this guy's linked oh, yeah I wonder just, if it's linked to the abilities well I don't know if that's necessary because like den protector has a giant axe and you know regrowing to something he doesn't really have to do with an axe but I do wonder oh. if this was kind of added in post, like if they, you know, he just kind of like had some small dinky dagger. It's like, eh. And the director was like, I can't see this. Make it bigger. I was like, all right. And then. I feel like this would be a good question to ask, like wizards, yeah. once the set's released. Like, hey, was there an intention behind each of the megamorphs having a, uh, a weapon? A weapon, yeah. Like, is there is there something, is there a, you know relation here. It does feel like it, yeah. I don't know if there's, like, this thing having a lance versus a den protector having an axe versus um, hidden dragon player having a sword. I don't know if that is the thing, but I mean, I, I do think it's probably re- there's probably a reason for them, you know, all having some kind of weapon. But I don't know, what do you think of this guy? I, I like it. I like this guy. Stratus Dancer's got, although Stratus Dancer has a pair of size. Yeah, that's got a pair of size, um... Iron Shaman has just like a sword, just like a small kind right. of sword. So I like this guy. He's a human. He's not embarrassing in the aggro mirror yeah. because you know he's not, or he, you know, he's not going to get. Uh, he's a power greater. He's not going to, or rather, not in the aggro mirror. He's good in the uh, mid range, you know, control mirrors that you can still get damage through because their big idiot can't block him. Yeah. So he has some value in the late game as well. Like usually when your like ground guys get outclassed, 
like he's still going to be able to swing through most of the time, you know, as a as a two or a three. So I don't know. I once again, I, I like this guy. Um, I don't think I like him as much as Stratus Dancer. Stratus Dancer, uh, I think, is is probably that or Den Protector I like the most. Yeah, but this this one's solid. Yeah. And and once again, I think it it makes Morph more interesting. It makes Black more interesting. We get a uh, a human interaction that might count, you know, as we're hitting that uh, uh, critical mass of of humans. So I like it. Yeah, I'm down. There's one other card I forgot to put on the sheet, so I'm going to actually type that in right now and then talk about it. Uh, Vultures, the Vultures Aven. So it's okay. three and a black for a 2-3 flying exploit. Whenever, when Vulturus Avon exploits a creature, you draw two cards and you lose two life. So, Knight's Whisper or whatever. I don't know. I think. Alright, so. Uh, <laughs> seems alright. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's okay. Yeah? <laughs> alright, there you go. I mean, you come, I mean, you come out ahead, right? Like. At the very least, he's, you know, a uh, double cost, but you can trade something in, and two, three flyers, not bad. Like, not exciting, but I could certainly see wanting this in common-uncommon cubes, common cubes, like, that seems like a neat interaction to have. Yeah. So... That seems nice. Alright. So, the next... We can go to, we can go to red. Do you want to talk about Atarka, yeah. Free? Do you want to talk about that guy? All right, let me let me see what he is because I don't recognize him by the name. He's a weird common. So he's a five-one for three and a red with Megamorph of three. When he's turned face up, it deals one damage to target creature or player. So it hits pretty hard if you unmorph it. Right, so it's a six-two if you unmorph it, and I might get a get a little idiot out of the way. Yeah, just ding some fool. Hmm. I don't know. Seems all right. It does hit hard, though. Like, yeah, you know, my kingdom for it having trampled, but that would have been stupid. No, yeah, that ain't gonna yeah. happen. So, uh, you know how the black p- damnable pact was drain geyser. Mm-hmm. We have flame geyser, aka commune with lava. Uh-huh. Yeah. That one I actually thought of like a minute in advance. So X double Ooh. red instant. Exile the top X cards of your library until the end of your next turn. You may play these cards. So if you have Storm in your cube, this card seems ridiculous. Oh yeah, this is a, a seems like an absurd Storm card because you can just at the end of turn set up a bunch of cards for yourself to play the following turn. Mm-hmm. It's like and commune for twelve. Right. Let's let's go ahead and you know even if you just commune for like six or seven in advance. Yeah. You're just like, all right, well, on next turn, or I mean, even five. Like, if you get to find like mana, it's like having a bunch of free cards. I don't know. What do you think of this? That's in, certainly in, in, use for this. What do you think in non-storm? Because I don't have storm. Yeah, I don't have storm either. What do you think of this though? Other, yeah. in, in normal, I kind of I, I, I find it interesting that red is now moving towards this uh, free card, this quote-unquote draw yeah. cards thing that we're seeing out of like the Chandras and uh, outpost siege. Right, outpost siege, not commune with lava. Yeah, um, act on impulse. I mean, I think it's interesting, and I think I, it does give red more things to do than just attack and burn. So I do like this as a pseudo. Uh, I do like this as like a pseudo end of turn, like uh, Sphinx's rev. Yeah, where you can then untap and have a big turn. Yeah, but. <laughs> I, I feel like this is a little hard to evaluate without getting to play it some. 
I do wonder what deck's going to use it the best. Like, is this an aggressive card, I guess, or like more of a Oh, range? well, yeah, I, I think, no, I think it could be aggressive for sure, right? But, you know, the way you're, you're going to use it in an aggressive deck is it's going to be the last card stuck in your hand, and you're going to cast it at the end of the turn. And yeah. you're going to hope to flip some things the next turn to try to push through. That's, that's what it's going to be. That's what I figure. Yeah. Or right. maybe it's, you know, or, or maybe it's you cast it, if you missed your land drop, maybe you cast it that turn in the main phase it in order to uh, you main phase it in order to try to hit a land for that turn and then you still have the cards active until the following turn. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's what you do with it? Maybe. I don't know. It seems seems like a plan B, yeah. but I mean that's probably fine. Right, but I mean if you if you hit your land drop, there's no point in not casting it at the end of their turn. Yeah. Unless they're tapped out or something, right? I mean you are giving them an extra turn to to interact with it in some way if they're playing blue. Yeah. So you want to try to pick the best way for them not to interact with it. Um, or like if... But you, if, if they're non-blue and you're not going to interact with it, then the, the point is is to, to try to get in a position where you can use as many of the cards as possible the next turn. So if you don't have a land drop, then you cast it on your turn. So you try to hit a land drop for that turn and then have cards for the following turn. You can also yeah. do it, too, if you're just impa- in facing impending doom, and this is like, I need to hit a burn spell or something, or I need to... Right, right, right. Last-ditch effort to try to draw something, right? Yeah. Like... So that's something, but yeah, it feels like most of the time it's going to be EOT do this, and I don't think that's EOT-itis. I think that's just the way it probably is going to be played most often correctly. So, I, I certainly find it interesting, and I certainly want to give it a try in order to figure out what's going on. Yeah. But I'm not convinced necessarily one way or the other just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm leaning towards yes based on wanting red to be more interesting. Yeah. That's fair. So. Speaking of, uh, I don't know, red things. Uh, Dragon Whisperer. Double red for a 2 2. Human Shaman. Spin a red. Give it flying until the end of turn. Spin one in a red. It gets plus one, plus oh until end of turn. And we finally get to the mechanic for. The Atarka. Formidable. Four double double red. Put a 4-4 red dragon creature with creature token with flying onto the battlefield. Activate this ability only if you have creatures... Only if creatures you control have total power of 8 or greater. Granted, you can do it with this, but that seems like a bit of a pipe dream, because that's a whole lot of mana. Yeah, I think... I actually think the 6 mana... Might be a taller order than the eight power. Yeah. Um, with a singular piece of equipment, you only need one or two other creatures in play. Yeah. Um, with you know, with a you know, with a uh, a bone splitter or a uh, uh, grafted war gear or something like that on something. I mean, that's just a grafted war gear, and this guy by itself is is five power. Yeah. So you know, having three other power certainly isn't an, an unrealistic thing, but having access to six mana at the same time, is a little bit of a pipe dream. However, I do like this guy, the fact that, like, you get to... It, it is a mana sink. You do get to... Uh, you do get to... It does have evasion. I mean, yeah, it costs a mana every turn, but... You know, it. You. it's certainly not embarrassing in that form. It's a mana sink. And then, God forbid, you ever get into a ground stall. 
Yeah, then it's just I mean, like, this card is is this card will, is likely going to break ground stalls. I do wonder if this will be like more for Granted, the. I also feel like it's going to die very quickly. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Given the choice, you know, they're not going to like you know, but that's good, right? If cards if cards have a target on their head, that means they're they're likely good. Yeah, I I do wonder if this will be played in like the more like the seventeen land aggressive decks. I forget if you use that term or if Kenny Mayer used the term for like decks with Colagon. Like the mm-hmm. 17 land aggro decks where they lean a little bit more on the 4s and 5s than the traditional right. aggro decks. And this is probably where that is. Um, this does kind of remind me of, do you remember Stromgald Crusader and White Shield Crusader from Cold Snap? Yeah, the Jump Knights. Yeah, this kind of reminds me of that. I mean, the Jump Pumps. Yeah, the Jump Pumps. Uh, you know, she pumps with one and a red. They pump with double. They had pro white and pro black. This doesn't. This was a two. Is a two two compared to a two one? I do wonder, like maybe if this has legs in the more controlish decks as well. Like red green mid range is just like essentially yeah. just a factory, you know, thing. Right, red green mid range is a. It's probably a real nice place for this card. I mean, most of the creatures tend to be large. Um, if you have something like the aforementioned Krakapak Xenagos uh, uh, in play. Yeah. Where you're cranking out additional two power creatures every turn. It also becomes live with a Titan, which is certainly a thing for those decks, too. Like right. the, the more mid rangey decks, it's like I got a, a Prime Titan or a Worm Coil Engine, and suddenly this thing is live. Which is. Right. Now, at that point, it might be a little bit of a win more, but it's a definite win, probably at that point, if you get to untap with it, right? Like. Yeah. It's kind of hard to. If, if they're able to keep eight power on the board. Kind of, kind of hard to beat a, an extra four four flying every turn. Yeah, I think I like this card. I I don't know if I like it better than something like uh, Cargan Dragon Lord. And I don't. I definitely don't like it more than Cargan Dragon Lord because that game is you know has won a lot of games for me recently that other cards would not have. Mm-hmm. And then none of those games that I have six mana available. Yeah. Um, guess- however, being able to play it, put it to level two. Next turn, level four, attack with a four four flyer, perhaps, you know, pump another level or two into it, and then threaten the eight eight the following turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is is big game. That is the the big This one does not quite have that potential and it requires all that six mana up front. But I certainly think this has a home in those red-green mid-range decks, or, you know, uh, you're starting to see where, like, the Jun decks, right? Or the, the black-red mid-range decks, like the board control decks, mm-hmm. I think certainly could have some legs with this. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of amused by thinking about something like, like this and uh, uh, Colagon side-by-side. Yeah, that's a... That's a ferocious... You hard cast them, that's a, but... That's a, uh, that's a formidable combo. It's one of those things that you could, you know, attack and then post combat. Now you have over eight because of pumps or whatever abilities, or you know, yeah, you know, not not or uh, a hero of Oxid Ridge mm-hmm. that you know is battle crying and might get you up over eight power. Yeah, tough odd. But you know, maybe maybe you you know on the second attack. You can battle cry, get yourself up to eight power. You know things are going to die, but you can use this ability during combat. Yeah, that's a tough yeah. audience. I I made a sweet pun, and I think it flew under the radar. Oh, I didn't hear it. So I, I was saying Colagon and Dragon Whisper are a formidable combo. Yeah, 
I yeah, no, I heard. I you're right. I did hear that, and I did choose to ignore it. Nice. That's Those right. are the best. Where it's like somebody I, hears I, it. I, for, I forgot it as soon as you said it. I was just like, uh, and just kept going. Somebody posted on Twitter that they posted they they drafted a deck with uh, Shaman of the Great Hunt and Shamanistic Revelation, and they wish they had more Shaman like interactions. And I said, what a shame. Yeah, I, I knew that was coming. <laughs> Sweet. You see that one coming a mile away. Yep. What do you think? I don't know. I like this card. I, I'm willing to try it. I think I am, too. Of course, another mythic. Yep. Hey, let's talk about, uh, let's keep going. Let's go uh, Iron Shaman. The old Iron Shaman. One in a red for a 2-1. Can't be blocked except by two or more creatures. Megamorph, single red. Yeah, that's that's nice. I like that part. When Iron Shaman is turned face up, exile the top card of your library. Until the end of turn, you may play that card. I like it. Seems real good. It doesn't have oh, the. This card seems sweet. It doesn't have the until your next whatever that like a uh, flame geyser right, you has. Have that same turn. Yeah, right. you got to do it now. So you can't do like EOT. It makes. I guess it kind of forces you to be a, a bit more proactive. But I wonder if it's one of these things that like makes you play it correctly, like uh. What was that Nizumi Cutthroat? Remember that card? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it couldn't block, but it forced you to play correctly by constantly attacking. Because right. like, why are you blocking with some two one fear? It's like so just attack. I forget there was some there was somebody who was complaining. It's like, man, that drawback makes people just play it correctly. And I do right. wonder if that'll be the case with with that. You know, you just mega mor- you morph it for a red. It's just a one red. That's pretty. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, the single red's pretty sweet. So, you know, the it's as a two one that can't be blocked by two or more, that card's actually just that card's actually pretty close to fine on its own. Yeah. And then like just like late game, you just get to, you know, turn you get to play it as a four mana spell, or maybe you pay it three and then you turn it up and you know, go to town or whatever. I don't know. There there are lots of ways this card can be good. Yeah. I can see lots of permutations and play sequences where this card is 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 fine to very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's uh, meat and potatoes. It's an orc. This is the orcs yeah. are orcs are meat and potatoes. I don't know. I'm down. What do you think of impact tremors? It's a one in red enchantment. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, it deals one damage to each opponent. So mini perforos. Right, mi- mini perforos. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'd rather be playing creatures at that point. Yeah, I don't know. Shrug. But yeah, shrug. It's a shrug, shrug. for me. What do you think of Lightning Berserker? You want to talk about that guy or gal? Or I, I can't even tell what what's going oh, on. Oh, are you like taking clock berserker? This art is so weird. Like it looks like it's flying something. Like some. Yeah, weird... it's got like an old like timey like flying contraption on, like the Wright Brothers airplane or something. Yeah. I don't know, this art's weird. So, it's a red mana for a 1-1. One, one. Uh, well, human ber- creature human berserker with fire breathing. Spend a red. It gets plus one plus O to the EOT. And then dash for a red. And apparently, I think it was uh, yeah, Andrea or Andrew Schubert when... Uh, you know, it, it was put, it was like uh, proposed as a card in 2008... And then, mm-hmm. without the dash, it was considered too good. Granted, this 2008, but... Now, what is the one that pairs, that gives you... The one drop that pairs with another, soul bonds with another creature? Stone, right? Yeah. 
What is that? Doesn't that guy read similarly to this one? It yeah. They both they give the creatures fire breathing. Right, and they're one ones for one, right? Yeah. So that's a pretty, pretty kind of direct analog. Yeah. It doesn't have dash, which I think is the rub for this, this thing. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't I don't feel the need to add this as a one drop, <laughs> like I do with uh, Zergo. Uh, like I do with Zergo. Yeah. It's kind of an unexpectedly good card, Zergo. I was like, what? Yeah, I actually like the the weaker version better than the quote unquote stronger version. Yeah. Like seven two? No, thank you. And I'll take the two two. Yeah. Well, it's yeah tricolor. I guess that's the main thing. <laughs> no, thank you. But yeah, I don't, I think I like this card, but I do like Dash. But I'm, I have a feeling I'm going to try it and be ultimately disappointed. Right. I feel like it's not going to do enough because I'm going to have to just play it on. I'm going to get those hands where it's just like in your hand is another one drop, and you're going to be like, eh. I mean, I do like using your mana every turn, but... Yeah, I do wonder how, if the dash is like the, you know, where... Right, is the dash secretly... Now, in standard, the dash is nifty because it activates, it hits, it turns on your... Uh, Denise? The other, your uh, denizen. Yeah. Your uh, Foundry Street denizen. Mm-hmm, yeah. So... I kind of like that a little bit. Yeah, I think that's same with like Mardu Scout, etc. So I, I kind of like I am digging that a little bit, but yeah, I don't. I think she's got potential, but I have a feeling that I'm otherwise, probably going to be disappointed. I, I think, yeah. Like when people are talking, well, you'll have to let me know how that one goes. When people are talking about like cutting one drops from their aggro decks, these are the ones where people should be cutting them, not the Jackal Pups, etc. Also, right, if right. you feel like adding this to your cube, don't cut Jackal Pup for it. Find right. something else. So By the way, Sarkin's Rage, he's got dragon hands. Oh, look at that. Whoosh. That's dragon hand sound. Yeah. <laughs> so, Zergo, Mr. Right. Bell Ringer. Yep, so we already talked about it. We already him. talked about it. I think, honestly, so... I think power-wise, I think it's better than Isamaru. Not just because it's in red, but I think the dash makes up for the quote-unquote drawback. In a big way. I think it's definitely better. Yeah, I mean, the drawbacks, you know, whatever. Yeah, and it's, they're both legendary creatures, but I don't know. But yeah, this card's sweet. Put it in your cube. But that's just neat. Green. Right, let's go to green. Let's go to green. Anioc. Anioc. Survivalist. Uh, spoiled by Joy of Cubing. Shoutouts to Joy of Cubing. Brothers in arms. Or ears. I don't know. One and a green for a 2-1. Hound Shaman. Megamorph one and a green. Whenever... I knock... I'm going to keep pronouncing it a different way. Survivalist is turned face up. Destroy a target, artifact, or enchantment in opponent controls. So there's a little bit... Like, you can't kill your own artifacts or enchantments. I honestly don't can't think of any real time. Like, I want to kill my own Ankh of Mishra. Sure. So this card ain't okay. It's actually pretty good. Wow. Wow. I like it. That's sweet. We're... (laughs) Uh, ironically or oddly enough, we had an Antico Vigilante in our Kraken pack. Yeah, right. And this is a a very you know kind of side by side comparison with that one. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of like them both. I like the ability to turn things face up. Now this is obviously better on the front end if you just want to cast them naked. Yeah, I mean he's the worst of the naked. He's the worst. You know, granted this isn't one of the this isn't the rare one, but he's you know just actual Goblin Piker. Yeah, which is sometimes fine. If you cast them face up, which, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I do like... Now, for me, 
I do love having destroy target artifact or enchantment effects in there. Yeah. So I do like that. Um, and dude, here's your your opponent can't mind slaver you and turn it up to blow up your own things. That's true. That's very true. What do you think about that? I think that's a uh, sweet. Can't, can't take your turn with ultimate Soren or worst fears. Yeah. That's true. What do you think of Collected Company? I didn't put that in the spreadsheet, but I, I don't know. It's weird. I think I tr- actually, I think I had that really good red-green aggro deck, whatever, the mono-red one, those splashing green and black. Yeah, this would have been good for that. This would have been a good card for that one, probably. So I tried it out, and it wasn't even good there. Really? It just, like, most of the time it just was like, all right, I guess I get a couple things that are okay. Or you, you have right, no so selection. It just, depends on, it just depends on what you're doing on turn four, yeah. right? And there were so many times it would just miss or just get one thing. Like, it would Oof. never... Yeah, it was. I was like... Looking at top six and missing is brutal, and especially in that deck that had so many hits. Yeah, I was like, I was like, wow, this is terrible. I mean, how many ones, twos, and threes did you have total? Let's uh, double-check, because I, I have it screen-capped. I mean, I feel like that has to be a uh, an outlier, right? If If... Okay, so if you're looking at what? So... So I had if you have uh, thirty cards left in your deck. This is looking at twenty percent of your remaining cards. So I had three, four one drops: Cackler, Sater, Frenzied Goblin, okay, Jackalpup. So four, okay. Uh, f- four two drops: Revoker, Hellspark, okay. Ash Zealot, Burning Tree. Uh, let's see. So it counts threes as well, right? I think I had yes. three threes: Alicia, Rowlmaster, Viridian Shaman. All right, so, I mean, so that's eleven out of like thirty-ish cards. Yeah. left. Because you're going to have three draw phases and then you're starting seven. So that's more than a third of your deck. Missing, looking at six, obviously there's someone, you know, we can run the math on that. But that seems like it would be a little awkward. Yeah, or even like you get one, it's like, all right, sweet. Yeah, getting one, it's like awesome. I I spent four mana to... And then, oh, I want to put all these cards that I actually wanted to draw. Yeah, and I guess that's a little bit of a thing. But yeah, so often it was just like, uh... Cause that's yeah, I figured, hey, this card's gonna be sweet, and it was coincidental that I just had that deck still built, and I was but like, all right, let's try this. I was like, oh, is it, man? And if it's not good in that deck, then it's probably yeah, not, not gonna sure. be good in, like, I guess maybe in like a super elf ramp deck, but that still seems right. questionable. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really feeling the card. Den protector, though. Oh my goodness, that card's sweet. So it's, yeah, so Den Protector is the it's the rare from the two uh, one cycle. Yeah, right. So it's the the rare Goblin Piker. So it's two one for one in the green, uh, human warrior. So once again, possibly some interactions. Uh, creatures with power less than Den Protector's power can't block it. So actually, some text there, which is nice. Megamorph of two mana, one in a green, also nice. When Den Protector is turned face up, return target card from your graveyard to your hand. Yeah, that's that's real good. Yeah, Eternal Witnesses, sweet. Yeah, as it turns out, Morph Eternal Witnesses, sweet too. It always especially feel- considering it's a three-two, can't be blocked, but then by two or lesses and. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. I'm kind of glad they didn't like do a nature spiral or whatever, like a non, uh-huh. like you can only get back permanence. Like, it right. seems no, like... this actual, like, Eternal Witness is sweet. Yeah, actual regrowth on a stick. I think this is, yeah, this is probably my favorite member of the cycle. Yeah, this one's real good, too. This this and the blue one are easily, I think, my two favorites. Yeah. So. 
What are you doing? Oh, we got a cat attack. Sorry. Yeah. I can't complain. I always... It's, the picture. it's me giggling with a cat attack. Let me read Faux Razor Regent, by the way. Shout out. Yeah, you do that. that, that play, play Den Protector. That doesn't... There's actually, you know, decent green morphs. This... They have at least three decent ones now, so... That's true, and I'm quite happy about that. Faux Razor Regent. That's so counterintuitive. Faux Razor, Faux Rizzle. There you go. Five double green for a four-five flying dragon. When it enters the battlefield, you may have it fight target creature you don't control. Whenever a creature you control fights, a.k.a. this, put two plus one plus one counters on it at the beginning of the next end step. So, big FTK is big. Yes. I I don't know. It costs seven mana. That's the awkward thing. It costs seven. I mean, granted, this thing should be... You should be able to attack with it next turn as a 6-7 flyer for 7. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good natural order target. Um, and not terrible to reanimate. going to be a removal spell. Yeah, not... A fine reanimator card. You know, any way to cheat this thing is going to be pretty good. Yeah. Um, maybe not as good of a uh, sneak attack card. Because you you're not going to get a chance to experience that bonus afterwards. But whatever. Four power flying, kill something. Yeah, that's not terrible. It can't so, kill Titans because, you know, it does the fight for four and then, you right. know, you get the bonus. That's a little awkward. Unless you have Fight Bear. That's true. Then you have all the fights. Or Domri, I guess. Domri Rod. Oh, right. Yeah. I guess that's... That'll fight, that'll fight too. That's a thing. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can do without this card, I think. Do you want to talk about... It's neat. But there's a lot of other expensive green cards I think I'd rather have. Do you want to talk about Shaman of the not Somberwald Sage? Oh, I remember seeing that card. Let me uh, let me find him. Okay. Ah, oh, another mythic. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah, Shaman of the Forgotten Ways. So, uh, two and a green for a two-three. Uh, human Shaman. Tap to add two mana in any combination of colors to your mana pool, only to cast creature spells. I wonder what that card is like. <laughs> and then and then some flavor text. Yeah. It, Formidable. Nine green green biorhythm. Yeah, like what? Oh, yeah. like. So obviously this card has huge casual appeal. Yeah, I'm assuming this is like EDH Dreamboat. A huge casual appeal. But, you know, a double ramp for creature cards? Like, I like Somberwald Sage. Mm-hmm. I admit it. I mean, that card is a must-kill. Like, turn one elf, turn two Somberwald Sage. Do you really want this guy hanging around to see what six or seven I'm going to drop on your head next turn? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, oh. Uh-oh. This could be awkward. Right. Uh, and this card is, is kind of similar. And it's, you know, it's not an embarrassing body. At least it has the ability to, to fight. Yeah, it attacks you know, for to, two. To kind of get in there and attack. attacks for two. And, like, a two-mana ramp is no joke. I mean, it's still going to allow you to jump to your fives and sixes. Like, certainly if red, the red-green mid-range or the green-black mid-range is a thing, I mean, this is a card you... There's no way you don't have this in those decks, right? Yeah. But is it good enough in those archetypes? And, in the, and Probably, right? And same thing with, like, the green ramp archetype. Yeah, it's probably fine. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, the abilities. I mean, the formidable is 
whatever. But if you get there, then post it on social media or something. I mean, eleven mana. That's certainly you a lot. Can't even. Eleven mana. That's yeah. It's a lot of mana. If you do get against it, like the dirtily control deck that has no creatures, or just like has one creature, that's kind of cool. If, if they somehow let it live that <laughs> long, right? If for some reason they're like, "Huh, you can kill me with this thing, and I have this removal spell," but nah, you're good. I'm gonna wait till end of turn to do it. Right. I'll do it in response. Uh oh, <laughs> I'm dead now. Oh no. Yeah. What happened? I did not see this coming. I don't know. I, I can see this guy certainly having some uh, some fun interactions. I think it's a card that I'll, I might try. I have a feeling I probably will. I think I still like... Uh, the old Somberwald. Somberwald Sage better. Yeah. Because it represents such a bigger threat, but, you know, Somberwald Sage by itself... Not, not really doing work. No, it's like an O something. It's like an O two or O three, right? Yeah, it is. It is uh, not big. She's uh, she's not a fighter. She a lover. She is uh, uh, yes, she loves making other creatures. I guess she's a lover of owls. O one. Wow. Yeah, yeah she's not she's a fighter. Not very large. No. She's she's she certainly got some cleave. But yeah, which is kind of weird. Yeah, it's like I'm gonna. This owl's gonna claw my cleavage, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Gives it a, a marker for where to land. I don't know what's going on. This is Steve Argyle. I guess that's to be expected. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. I dig it. It's okay. That's yeah, legit. I, I mean, I'll try it. Sure. It, once again, it's a shame it's a mythic. Yeah. But, whatever. Hey, this next card is, is not a mythic, but it is a rare. Sirak the Hunt Caller. Uh, two double green for a 5 4 legendary creature, human warrior. Um,. Only formidable text. At the beginning of combat on your turn, if creatures you control have po- total power 8 or greater, target creature you control gains haste until end of turn. It feels like it shouldn't be that hard to do that with this guy. The fact that he's a 5 on his own means you only need 3 additional power, which is, like, not much. Yeah, especially in, like, the green decks, you know, they, they usually seem like they should have at least some kind of 2-2 two, two or, you know... Some, some just random elves and idiots and whatever. Right. I have a feeling it's probably better than people think. I think it's better than people think, but I don't think it's something... I, I still don't think it's necessarily something I want. However, it does come in at a better place than... Say, I think it comes in at a better place for the haste ability than something like... Uh, uh, what's the red mythic, five-drop mythic, that all your stuff gets haste, and their stuff comes in the top. Oh, Urbrask? Urbrask. Yeah, I do like the the haste ability on this more than I like the haste ability on that card um, because it, you know the the green decks are going to be wind up playing you know giant idiots probably after this mm-hmm. and any idiot after this guy is is going to likely trigger the combat thing. Yeah, especially if it's a Titan, which is our favorite haste combination. Right, good lord. Yeah, let's get get nine by right, Inferno yeah. Titan or whatever. Right. Well, you get 12. get 12, right? Yeah. So I think this guy's nice. I'm probably going to try... It's, okay. it's not as good as Pelucranos, but I mean, that card is quite... Yeah, that card's absurd. That card is... I mean, we were talking about red-green fires, like, on the phone, and I forgot to say, I'm like, man, imagine if Pelucranos was in the red-green, you know, fires deck. You can't just imagine that, how stupid that would have been. Lord. Yeah. It's like, here's my blast storm. It's like, that's cute. 
This guy doesn't have a drawback. <laughs> and you're just going to get killed. So yeah, I don't know. Let's see cards. Do you want to talk about multicolor? Because dragons and multicolor. Yay, dragons and their commands. Whee! So, Atarka's command... Probably, I don't know how what order, but I'm just going to say our Tarka's command first. So, okay. A single red and a green for instant. You choose two, or choose two. Target opponents can't... Your opponents can't gain life this turn. Tarka's command deals three damage to each opponent. You may put a land card from your hand to the battlefield. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and gain reach until the end of turn. I think I really like this card. I think this card is way better than people are, are giving it credit for. Yeah. I think this card is borderline absurd. In cube or in, in just in general? In general. I agree. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different... Uh, the, the damage output of this card is po- is so potentially high. Yeah, I, I have a feeling its primary mode is going to be Lava Spike you, uh, whatever, plus one, plus one, and, and Reach, because... Sure, Reach. Who cares? Flavor yeah, text. Yeah, why not? Yeah, sure. Flavor Text is Flavor Text. Yeah, and even the other abilities... Like, these kind of narrow abilities, I think, are perfect for commands, because they're essentially free. I mean, granted, it could naturalize something, but we're not making custom cards. We're we're dealing with this, you know? I mean, right, and even in its quote-unquote worst mode, right, which is, which may be, I, I mean, you, very rarely are you going to, so worst mode is what, can't gain life, put a land card into hand, That's, into play? That seems like the worst, yeah. So... Likely we're not going to do that, but even on turn two, I could see there being scenarios where Lava Spike you, drop land three to untap and drop land four, and and cast something hasty or something big is a reasonable line of play. Yeah, just cough you. I think one of the nice things about this card is the land ability, which I feel like is underrated. Well, not by you, but, you know, by a lot of people, is that it tends to mess with the assumptions people have about a game state. Like, for example, discounting things like power and whatever. If I'm, if I'm, have I two mana and I say pass, you're going to assume that the worst I can do is three mana. Right. And then I'm like, all right, so, and you're probably like, okay, the worst he can do is Zozumi or, or Gravel Master. I'm like, that's fine. Sure, I'll just do right, whatever. Right, so I'll, I'll cast this thing. I don't need to worry about leaving this up because I can just take care of this later. Yeah, and this kind of messes with that assumption. It's like, well, all right, I'm going to do this. Or even in a deck like Teamer, like Teamer Control in a Control Mirror where land land things matter. Like, right. You know, you, this that ability is pretty cool. But, I mean, I, I really like this card. I think I'm glad you're on board because this card is... And also just, like, it's nice having that life gain ability, the life game prevention ability versus those kind of decks with... Oh, oh, sure, I mean, right. There just might be a time where they're just like, Fate's Fetter's your thing. Yeah. And you might have to just go, no, and take three. It's like, oh boy, my swag tusk. And it's like, ah, uh, well, nice 5-3. So I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm down. Yeah. Okay, so the next card is Dragon Lord. Oh, I guess we're t- the Dragon Lords are all in a row. Dragon Lord Atarka. Five, red, green, flying trample, eight, eight. Legendary creature, elder dragon, because elder dragon, sure. Um, it's elder dragon, dude. Those are cool. That's true. They're old, like old school, like man. Old school. 
Uh, whenever Dragonlord Atarka enters the battlefield, it deals 5 damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures and or planeswalkers your opponents control. So, a bit of a throwback to Bogart and Hellkite without costing, mm-hmm. um, well, I guess one less mana, and it's very large. No flash. Yeah. Doesn't do it to the face. Yeah, So, I, I, but I think I like this guy. It's, it's definitely weird that Atarka's command and Dragonlord Atarka go into very different decks. <laughs> so it's like weird. Right, they don't they don't seem to, to to line up super well. Although putting a land into play is fine, right? Like I guess that goes towards it. I mean, I guess it's all just like very aggressive. You know, ramp aggressive. You can't gain life. Three to your face. Uh, put a land card to help me get out. Uh, block opposing dragons. Right. I guess that's what the reach is for, flavor wise. Yeah. Rally together to protect Otarka. Yeah, food. Give her uh, the food. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I think. Okay. I mean, it depends. Like on again, what you're trying to do. Like if you're going more on red green ramp, this is certainly a nice way to do so. Right, and like five damage is no joke. Like killing creatures and potentially maybe killing a planeswalker or something. It's a nice uh, natural order target. Just like I'm oh, in yeah. a natural order. It's like, all right, what are you gonna do? Kill my Jace? Oh, I guess you'll kill my Jace. <laughs> Right. I guess As a matter of fact, yes. That's like, oh. oh. Dragonlord... I, Dr- so I'm okay with it. Eh, we'll see. I'm probably not going to play it, but I mean... I'm probably not, but it's interesting. It's not. It's not. It's certainly not embarrassing. Yeah. Dragonlord Dramoka. Uh, hey. Four red-white for a 5-7. Green-white. Yeah, oh, green-white, sorry. Uh, Elder Dragon can't be countered. Flying lifelink. Your opponent can't cast spells during your turn. Celestia is so stacked. I don't. I don't even know. No. No. <laughs> just no. How? I mean, how great is it that the green white section is so good that like you're able to look at this card and go, Nah, I'm okay. Yeah, like eh. Five, five seven. Five seven can't be countered. They can't cast. Can't counter your other stuff and can't cast spells on your turn. Flying life link five seven. Eh. Yeah. Eh, I'm okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. The Dragonlord Colagon. It turns mm-hmm. out Colagon's a lady, not a not not the Colagon man. Right, Colagon woman. Four Rakdos for a six-five flying haste. Other creatures you control have haste. Oh, what's his ability? Whenever an opponent casts <laughs> a creature, planeswalker spell with the name same name as a card in his or her graveyard, that player loses ten life. So who cares? So the so, it's a Rorix so flavor text and cube. Yeah, flavor text and cube. It has she's Rorix and then makes your other creatures you control have haste because I guess you want your seven drops and your aggro decks to have haste. Right, two two uh Rorix instead of uh extra red. Oh oh, I figured out the tech. It plays with Dragon Whisperer, so the four four dragons you make, they have haste. Ooh, that's what's called breaking the format. I mean, you can just play something right after it too, like oh, I don't know. Anything? Nope, nope. You gotta, you gotta get the haste. I, I like OG Colgan better. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I completely agree with that. That I like OG, OG Colgan better for sure. I agree. Dragonlord OG tie three, a white and a blue for a five four, flying. Uh, Dragonlord OG tie has hexproof as long as it's untapped. Um, whenever Dragonlord OG tie deals combat damage to a player, look at the top three cards of your library. 
Put one of them into your hand, and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. Isn't that anticipate? Right. Ah. Flavor. I don't know. What? I mean, once again, th- this card is probably very good. Yeah, imagine if I, it was in... I don't, in, I don't uh, know if I want it if, if I want it more than... We've gotten a lot of really, really good blue-white cards recently, uh, including later on in this set. Um, but... Imagine if it was mono-white. Right, well, so this is reminiscent of what, Pristine Angel, yeah? Yeah, I was going to say Pristine Angel is a pretty close analog, yeah. But the thing is, is that Pristine Angel can protect itself even better because you can untap it. Yeah, this, once you it. attack with it, it's like, all right... I guess you ha- you can really only attack with it when you're in closeout mode. It's like, all right, time to end the game now. Right, and it certainly does that. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly, you know, talking about the quadrant theory, it's certainly very, very good when you're ahead. I mean, it's probably, it's decent when you're behind. Yeah, it's I just mean, a wall. That it's, a, it's a gigantic wall that blocks and can't be targeted. And then if you need to get in there, you'll get a chance to look for other cards. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like this card. I just don't I really have. Do. I don't have room for it. I just don't know if I have enough space for what I want to do. I mean, but it is. I mean, five power for five. You know, for five mana, hexproof. You know, on defense. Yeah. I mean, card is certainly legit, and he's you know, and he's got his kung fu pose on. Yeah, I just. I don't have his meditation pose. He's a. He's uh, quite serene. And the uh, the artwork's sweet. The art is real good. The art is real <laughs> I don't know. I, I really like this card a lot. And once again, if I see someone else playing it, certainly not going to fault them. Yeah, I'll be like, uh, just, but, but depending on how big your sections are, uh, you just might become a numbers game. Pretty much. This other card, I think I, I like Dragonlord Silengar. Yeah, me too. Card's sweet. For some reason, I didn't put on the spreadsheet. That's because I'm a dummy. For a blue and a black... For 3-5, flying, uh, flavor text, death... Oh, it actually has flavor text. Death touch. When Silumgar, Dragonlord Silumgar, enters a battlefield, can control target creature or planeswalker for as long as you control. <laughs> so it's kind of like with, uh, you know, murder and hero's downfall, mm-hmm. where I don't know how often you kill a planeswalker with hero's downfall. It's probably, I would, if I had to guess maybe for me, like 10%, 15%. Um, it's certainly not. Obviously, it's it's a different game in standard. Standard it kills planeswalkers all the time. Yeah. Uh, but in cube, I'm trying to think of how often it kills planeswalkers. It's I I, I I don't know if I can give you a number. I feel like I kill a lot more creatures with heroes downfall than than. But I mean, it's nice having the ability there. Right. And I and you know four. I think with Silumgar, obviously six is a lot more more mana than four. You're getting a lot bigger body. You also get Tassiger as a necklace. Correct, and you know it, it certainly has the worst power toughness ratio to cost among all of them. I mean, three five isn't that impressive. Yeah, one thing for six mana. One thing uh, Ben Hout. But you know, oh sorry, go ahead. One thing Ben Hout. You know, I think we talked about him. You know, he pretty aggressively tests new cards for Cube when they get spoiled, and he said he's been very impressed with it. Like one thing which makes sense when he was talking about the card is. It's kind of like the zealous conscripts, where some like if you sell a planeswalker, it essentially has haste. Correct. Which is nice. And, like, sometimes you can just cack their planeswalker and then ultimate. Like, sure. Right. Right, exactly. And, 
you know, the ability to, especially when it's, you know, because it's a control card. I mean, Sower of Temptation is a 2-2, and you only get to take creatures. So for two more mana, you get a 3-5, and you get the ability to take Planeswalkers. Yeah. 3-5, a lot less fragile than 2-2. And Death Touch actually isn't that terrible. I mean, right, exactly. It's it's going to kill 4-4s four in combat if they have any left. Yeah. So I think I like this guy. I like no, Sower. I like this card a lot. I, I certainly, I think I like it more than uh, Una. Yeah, I mean, granted, it doesn't—it's not monocolored and doesn't help devotion as much as Una does. And but it also, you know, it, it depends on what kind of interactions you like, right? So some people like Una because you're able to sometimes just get the mill win. Mm-hmm. Like even if you can't attack, you you have an active win condition. However, that to me felt a lot of times very uninteractive. That like, oh great, I have to die to this thing, or even though it can't actually attack me, it's just going to kill me because I'm going to get milled out. Yep. Um, where this card, I think, has more interaction and more play to it. And I think it's more, it's, it's more, uh, more for you know my definition of fun. And I think it's just better, honestly. So yeah, I dig it. I, I it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be an in for me. What do you think of Dromoka's command? So once again, you know, two mana commands are kind of hard to overlook. I mean, these cards are are very good. Uh, so Dromoka's command is uh, green white instant, of course. Uh, choose two. Prevent all damage dealt, all damage target instant or sorcery spell would deal this turn. Um, target player sacrifices an enchantment, which is interesting. Uh, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature, or target creature you control fights target creature you don't control. Another fight interaction there for you. Yeah, the unfortunate thing about this one is it feels like so often it's going to be just the last two abilities, and that's a However, having a main deck way for people to sacrifice an enchantment, yeah. when you think of the enchantments that are in cube, um, there's not a ton, right? But the ones that are there, I mean, there's way more now that we have these creature enchantments, stuff like uh, Gnarled Scarhide and Corsair, uh, Eidolon and Corsair, uh, even Cor. I mean, it's very good against Corsair, but you think of some of the other ones, right? Uh, would you like to have your opponent keep their Faith's Fetters? Would you like to have your opponent keep their Phyrexian Arena? You know what I mean? Would you like to have your opponent keep their Marari's Wake, if you can do something about it, like, game one? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there are certainly, I mean, granted, those are, you know, significantly lower occurrences. And the first ability, while probably not used very often, eh? Yeah, when it's good, it's I mean, good. When, when it's good, it's good. It's just going to be a counter spell, right? I mean, I, I could certainly see... Uh, interactions where you get to go you know you just hold it in hand they go to burn your creature and instead you prevent that and make it and fight one of their small idiots yeah you know what I mean to where you're going to be able to get a uh, an effective two for one for it mm-hmm. yeah because you're countering you basically you know you're countering their spell plus killing one of their creatures so, and so fight. I, right that's what I'm saying so I I do like that. However, you want to talk about stacked guilds. Yeah, this may be the most Good stacked. Lord, right? I mean, it's just what am I going to do? However, I do. I mean, I like a, uh, a Gaddic Teague because I think it provides these kinds of green white decks. Kind of one of the ways you can actually beat the control decks because they don't get to cast their planeswalkers and their sweepers. They have to they have to change their uh, procedure on how to how to get through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, however. I don't know. I do like this card. 
Yeah. I, I don't know if I like it enough to break the ranks of green-white, especially for smaller green-white sections. I mean, how do you get past Kitchen Finks, Kasali Pride Mage, you know? Uh, I, I mean, you can replace one of your two drops with it if, you, you know, if, if Voice of Resurgence doesn't do much for you or Gaddic Teague doesn't do much for you or you're not a Marari's Wake fan or... But there's, you know, there's also the 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 two one, the the one drop two one. Uh, Militant. Yeah, Dryad Militant. I mean, yeah, there's a tall order. However, once again, I'm not going to fault someone for running this card. This card still, I think, could be very good. Yeah. I don't like it as much as some of the other commands. Yeah, I think that's um, the the rub. I, I think that's the thing is that it it. it it's not only is it in the strongest, probably the deepest color combination, mm-hmm. but it's probably the fourth best command on the list. That's fair. So it, it makes it hard, but maybe that's not fair. I mean, because I, mean, I shouldn't be comparing it to other cards in its cycle, right? I should be comparing it to other cards that can do similar things in these colors. Yeah. And maybe this is exactly what you want in those two colors, but I don't. I'm not sure. It's an instant speed, stri- speed trick, which is cool. Why, why? It's an instant speed trick, and, you know, it's a removal spell in green-white. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, that's not, that's not uh, the most common thing in the right, world. It's not, you know, it's conditional, right? You have to have a creature in play, and you might just two-for-one yourself. And but you got to do what you got to do, you know? Sometimes, you know, right, exactly. Speaking or maybe, of... Or maybe you make a different creature bigger, and then you make... If you're a small idiot, fight, they're a small idiot, you know, just to kind of thin the, thin the herd. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I, I'm not convinced it's terrible. Yeah, I actually like it, but I agree. Whatever. Speaking of removal, what do you think of Colagon's command? Yeah. All right. So Colagon's command is uh, one black red. Once again, choose two. Return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. Target player discards a card. Destroy target artifact. Deal two damage to target creature or player. This one I like. Yeah, it was kind of weird. I, I remember seeing this and being like, "I what? How do I how do I wrap my head around this card?" <laughs> Eventually, I saw the light and I was like, "This card's good." I mean, well, my favorite analog to this thing is kind of like smash the smithereens, mm-hmm. but you don't just hit a player; you hit their things. Right, and what is it? Uh, you, you commented before that all of these abilities are one mana abilities. Yeah, they're all one mana abilities. Um, so they're not, you're not getting a huge bargain like Ray's Dead, Raven's Crime, or you know, insert Cry of cr- whatever Cry of Contrition. Cry of contrition. Uh, well, smell. Piracy Charm is that the instant speed one? I think it's Funeral. Funeral. funeral charm. Yeah. Sorry, fi- Piracy Charm is the color shift. Yes, yeah, the blue right? one. Yeah. Um, smelt and Shock. So. Very basic, but they're very good at what they do. And generally, one it's generally one mana premium to two for one, right? Right. Essentially, and and I think all the abilities are good for cube, especially like it feels like the shock is going to be one of the more commonly used ones, and you won't really use the discard one unless they're hellbent and during their draw step. Mm-hmm. But hey, that's not bad. I mean, right? Sometimes it's fine, right? Yeah. But I think this card, like raising dead, not the most efficient. I mean, you can thing. also just get the last card out of somebody's hand. Yeah, yeah, like EOT, shock, discard, or right, or you know, blow up your blow up your mana rock, just you know, discard a card. I am looking forward to like playing this against somebody 
like a green ramp deck where they have signets and mana elves and just completely crushing them. <laughs> Being like, okay. Right, just like setting them back two mana, basically. Kill your signet, or, kill, or more. Yeah, kill your signet, kill your dude. Um, and kill, then kill your kill your dynamo, kill your uh, elf. Yeah, just completely crush them. I I think that's a really nice part of this, but I think this card's sweet. It it's not very flashy, but I think it's very good. Yeah, keep. I'm gonna keep an eye out for. Uh, I'm sure this is gonna. I have a feeling. Oh, you know, I I think the, one of the other commands is the bio box promo, so I don't think you'll be seeing these as uh, pre-release promos. No. Okay. So. That's that's kind of my thought about it anyway. Yeah. What do you think of Narset Transcendent? Okay. So I liked Narset Transcendent until I saw Ojutai's command. That's fair. So it's two and a white and a blue for six loyalty. Plus one, look at the top card of your library. If it's a non-creature, non-land card, you may reveal it and put it in your hand. Minus two, when you cast the next instant or sorcery spell from your hand this turn, it gains rebound. Minus nine... You can get you get an emblem with your opponents can't cast non-creature spells. Okay, so this is the ultimate blue-white control card, control trump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, six loyalty is a ton for four. Uh, the plus one ability, you're probably going to hit. Uh, what fifty percent? Yeah, it depends. Yeah, but that sounds right. Because you figure you have. I mean, well, you have four lands in play. You know what I mean? You can run the numbers or whatever, but I, I'm guessing somewhere in the neighborhood of 40%, plus or minus, you know, 40 to 50%, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's fine. Uh, getting rebound can certainly... There's a, lot of, there's a lot of cards that giving rebound is certainly worth doing. Yeah, not any even... Car, any, any card draw spell. God forbid you double Ancestral. Yeah, or even double Brainstorm isn't terrible. Yeah, I even mean, like you have double fetch- compulsive research. Yeah, like compulsive research, treasure cruise, thirst for knowledge, thirst for knowledge. Yeah, even like brainstorm, do this, whatever, and then shuffle and then do it again is not bad. Factor fiction. There's a lot of dig through time. Yeah, dig. I mean, I can even see scenarios where if it lives for a turn, to if you're if you need the extra time of. Uh, you could rebound your Wrath of God. Yeah, to, like, disincentivize... Right, disincentivize, right, playing creatures on the, on the following turn. If you do Tinker, does that work? Because I mean, it's it, you pay the additional cost the first time, but it doesn't require it the next turn. It just does it. It doesn't require you to sacrifice an artifact again, I assume. Right? Well, you're casting this spell again. Again, but you ignore all costs. Right? Yeah, so you don't. Yeah, so you don't. So. need to play. It. Oh, that's kind of cool. Get my worm coil. Get my battle ball. GG. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. So I, I think I like. I've somebody had it in like a five color control deck, and I don't think he really saw it too much. He was like, he was like, hey, I was like, hey, what did you think of this? He was like, let me see if I can find the text message. Wait, you know, while you're doing that, I I I think this card is very good. Wow, I'm gonna have trouble finding room for it. Yeah, that's a weird thing. I think it was like, I mean, that sounds absurd, right? I'm gonna have trouble finding, you know, finding room for this card. But you know, at least for now, until I get a chance to to get more data on it, mm-hmm. I think there's just other cards I like ahead of it in the, the blue white guild. 
like Ojutai's command. Right, like I said, Ojutai's command. Uh, so is a four mana command, uh, two white blue, uh, and the four modes are return target creature card with converted mana cost two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. You gain four life. Counter target creature spell. Draw a card. Yeah, so get back your Snapcaster, mate. <laughs> counter your target creature. Uh, remove soul. Like, it obviously can't be counter target spell, because that would be stupid. Correct. It's like, here's a dismiss. Like, no. But, you know, once again, the, the gain for life thing, I think, is not irrelevant. Mm hmm. Yeah. And it's uh, an- especially in this color combination, right? I mean, uh, Absorb held on for a really long time for a lot of people because of the ability to, okay, counter your three or your four, also gain part of a turn back by gaining three life. Mm-hmm. If you could... No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I think the, like, there's a lot of good value twos in uh, White Blue, like, you know, Wall of Omens, as we mentioned. Uh, right. Stoneforge Mystic. Yep. Uh, Wall, you know, Snapcaster, which is... Probably my, my recent invitational card because Snapcaster is so good. Uh, core Skyfisher. <laughs> yeah, good old. Then you get to return something else. Wee! Get, get, bring back all the all bouncing. Things. Yeah, all the things get bounced. Yeah, I think it's pretty Yeah, I mean, Snapcaster, if, you, if you're the person that runs the. Uh, what's, like the what's the. Uh, what's the level up guy that everybody runs? Oh, Coral Home Commander? That's rubbing like an EDH. Oh, a Coral Home Commander, possibly, but there's also oh, the guy that Lighthouse. you get to like, or then Drugger, or Lighthouse Chronologist. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I don't know how many people play that card, but Looter, Ilkor. Yeah. I mean, cool. uh, you know, there, there's there's quite a... It's not the best mode. Can't hurt. But it's certainly not terrible. Yeah. It's not like, get a one-drop back, it'd be like... Oh, and what about, uh, you know... If you're a person who plays one of the one threes, right? Like an Omen Speaker or a, uh, what's the, the one that you get to look at the top three and actually take one if it's a spell? Oh, Augur Bolas? Oh. Yeah, oh, Augur Bolas. What if they're attacking with a dragon and you bring back Dragon the Hunter? Dragon Hunter. Oh my god. Yeah, there well, you go. Well, depends. Is it Stormbreath Dragon? Yeah, unless it's Stormbreath Dragon, then you just, then you gain four life, I guess. Right. <laughs> you fog it for a turn. So right, you draw a card so you can try to. Find an answer to it, yeah. Because somehow you, it was either already in play or you know yeah. you forgot to cast your command to counter it. Yeah. Or something. I, I like this. I, I I do like it though. It's quite nice. Yeah, I like the like I said. I I like the flexibility of this card because I could see this card in a, in a variety of blue white decks mm-hmm. or other decks where I really feel like Narset is a it is a control deck card. And blue-white control, I don't think needs any help, really. Even though Ojutai's command does help it, I don't think it's as n- it's as narrow a card. So, yeah, I think I like it more. What do you think of uh, Sarkin Unbroken? Okay. Who, uh, who became blue because time travel, sure. Okay, so it says right on the card that he is unbroken. Oh, okay. There you go. So <laughs> He can't be broken. Uh so he's he's merely good. He's easy. I think he's I think he actually might be a little worse than what he seems. Because he when he was spoiled, I was like, oh man, this guy is ridiculous. But the more I kind of look at it, the more I'm just like, okay, he's very good. But you know, he does cost three colors of mana to play. I mean, you sh- he should be good, right? Yeah. Like he is a. I mean, do we have 
uh, outside of Nicobolus, do we have another three mana, three color planeswalker? Uh, a planeswalker? No, no, I don't think so. So, I mean, this guy, you know, he he better be decent for for what he is. Was, and you know, getting a four four, you know, if if you get if you manage to get a pair of four fours, that's fine. Yeah, you brewmate. More, 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 more than likely, it'll just be one four four. Uh, but like drawing a card and adding a mana is not blank. The, you know, the last one's mostly flavor text, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's still still quite good. Yeah, I mean, you you might you know have, if you do it, even if you have two in your deck, that's fine, right? Yeah, eight, eight loyalty. Yeah, I don't think but getting up to eight is going to take forever. Yeah, that's a bit of a pipe dream, but especially because you're you know probably going to draw the dragons. You draw four extra cards. <laughs> I was. A, I kept drawing my dragons, and now I can't put them in the play. Have you ever ultimated um, Xenagos the Dio in cube? No, I don't. I, have I haven't either. That's. I'm too busy making two twos usually. That's usually what I'm doing. I'm like, all right, two two, two 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 two. We're uh, hungry for heaven. Yeah. There you I, go. Uh, can't say I uh, can't say I would do that. I'm gonna do that, but yeah, I, I I do I do like it though. But again, it's just like, and you know, I I like I, I definitely like Maelstrom Wanderer. I think Maelstrom Wanderer is a fun card. Um, I actually like Savage Knuckleblade. Yeah, which I'm actually giving a giving a run here for a little while to see how it does. Um, so I I don't know. I don't I don't know if this card is. Better or needed more than those two are. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it's nice as just a just a value thing. Like drawing, I think is pretty nice. I don't know if the fixing on it is going to matter. It feels like if when you get to the point where you can cast it, well, right. If, if you're able to cast this guy, then you're probably then set. Fine. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're probably, probably set. Okay. You're probably set on mana. We I mean, can't hurt though. Just a. Free I mean, I guess there are alternatives where you flip up your Rattleclaw Mystic, and that's why you're able to cast them. Yeah, or you or you co-relic it out, and then they kill your co-relic. I mean, you're they like, should be doing oh. other things. Well, I mean, if they have, like, a Shatter or something. <laughs> it's like, oh. oh. <laughs> I want to kill your co-relic. But I, yeah, I don't know. I, like I said, I, I mean, I think it's decent, but I'm not convinced it's better than the other options, even though it is a neat card. I don't Sorry. know if that makes that makes sense or not, but I don't I don't know if it's something I'm willing to uh, to stretch for, since there are there are already other good options available. That works. That's legit. What do you think of uh, Silengar's command? I think it's one about a half a mana too expensive. Yeah. Oh, oh I guess we should actually see what it does. Oh, three blue black instant choose two, return counter target non creature spell, return target permanent to its owner's hand, aka my favorite cryptic command mode. Target creature gets minus three, minus three until end of turn, and destroy target planeswalker, because, sure. Yeah, it's just a little too expensive. Yeah, I think it's a little... Yeah, I think it's just a little too much. I think at four mana, it would be too good. Yeah, there's no way it could be four but mana. But I think at five mana, it's too expensive. It's a weird kind of place where I think it's... A, I think it's correctly costed. I just don't know if that's what I want yeah. at that point. I do certainly like bouncing a permanent. I, I think this card's going to be pretty absurd in uh, standard. I think this card's going to be pretty absurd in standard. Oh but. yeah, bounce your thing with whatever vault. 
bouncer. Right. <laughs> You're not. Nothing's happening. Just ever. Right. Kill, kill your creature and your planeswalker. Yeah. Kill your Ugin. Uh, bounce your thing. Kill your planeswalker. Yep. I mean. Oh, and it's kill- not non-land. Wow. So you can just bounce their land. The old control mirror fights. They bounce their land. That's my. F- God, I love bouncing lands with Cryptic Command. But I'm, I'm a bad person. Yeah, I like in cube. I like you know doing things like bouncing their bounce lands. Oh yeah, that's just. But I'm a horrible person, so what are you gonna do? That's like the best mode. But even just bouncing their regular land is fine. It's like, all right, you. <laughs> right. I know you have a six. Guess what? You're not casting next turn. Guess what? You're not casting ever. Because I'll just hold counter magic up. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I I am not as I don't like this nearly as much as I like actual Solomgar. Yeah, that's the that's the rub. But you know, and, and while blue black isn't exactly the strongest of guilds, um, I I just I'm okay. I mean, once again, I think all these cards are. If you if someone wanted to put all five commands in their cube, I would have no issue with it. Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, I think you could also put probably all five dragon lords in your cube too, and it would also be fine. Would that make it a dragon cube? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what do you think of the uh, uh, not unplayable? Wait, I don't say they're unplayable, but the the monument cycle. I mean, I don't think they're good. Okay, so I don't like the key runes. The key runes that turn into creatures and do the same things, and those creatures are cheaper. Yeah. I mean, like, Azorius, like, it turned into, what, a 2-2 flyer? Yeah, for what, 2 mana, right? Yeah, you could just, you chip them. You just get little chips in. Like, Demir right. Keyring, it was a 2-2 unblockable, right? Uh, is that right? Yeah, it I think, sounds yeah, right. I think Demir... For, like, what, 3 mana or 4 mana feel, or whatever it It feels like it was 2. Yeah. Think, or are they all 2? Yeah, or at least I think, um, yeah... Yeah, like the... So the red black one had first strike, right? Yeah, that was a 3-1 first strike. Boros was like 1-1 double strike. Izzet was like some weird looter. Demir Kirun was a 2-2 unblockable. Azorius was 2-2 flyer. Gruel was 3-2 trample. Yeah, so they're all two mana activated. Yeah. Yeah, like I like those way better than I like these monuments. Yeah, because you can just chip them. But yeah, these are just like... And I'm not playing with those. Yeah, so. it's like 2-2 death touch... Uh, one four life link, three three and two three hex proof. Like that's, tier- yeah. They don't all have evasion, but I mean that's, yeah. It's just a little. I, no, it's that's so much mana. Six mana. You, you like you would better be in, very much at closing the game out mode. Like you, they'd better be done. You'd need to be yeah, slamming the door. It's like all right, we're done. Goodbye. But no. I mean, certainly fine in regular limited, however. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Certainly very good. Yeah. Uh, a Vial of Dragonfire uh, really wanted this to be akin to the one from Lorwyn, where it's just like the, the Seal of Fire artifact. Nope. And uh, it's actually just way worse. Yeah, you just get garbage. What's the card that interacts with it from the earlier set? Oh, Oh man! Because it says like when you play it, you can search for a vial of dragon fire or the bow, heart seeker bow, or whatever it's called. Oh jeez, yeah, I forget what he's called. Like some some like artificer man or something. I think I can actually look for vial of dragon fire. Yeah, I don't magic think, cards uh, info, and then it'll show renowned weaponsmith. There you go. Both of these cards are bad. Dang it! I just remember wondering what uh, 
what vile dragon fire is going to look like. I, I think I remember betting that it was going to be not not betting. I remember thinking that card would not be good, and I was like, man, yeah. a lot of these other artifacts just, are just kind of poo, like the yeah, just are kind of bad. Yeah, spiders uh, like bad equipment that's overcosted. Uh, keeper of the lens and just uh, bad O Naginata. This is a, yeah. But however, this set had a lot of good stuff, so I can't really complain too much. No, no, there is a lot of good cards in this set. Um, there's a lot, and that the thing is, is there are a lot of cards that are very playable. Yeah, I think there's a lot. Like I'm playing the entire Mega Motorcycle for sure. Like Anafenza, be playing that. Totally not scrolling through Dragon Hunter. There's, a, there's dragons and commands. Yeah, dragons and commands. Megamorphs, Ojutai, and there's there's cards we don't we don't know if they're crazy or awful. Like whatever, Myth Realized probably better than we think. Probably better than people think. But uh, I, I think Haven of the Spirit Dragon is a card that I will. I don't know what they're pre-ordering for in foil right now. But I feel like anytime I get an opportunity, if that card's not super hyped right now, I feel like that's going to be a casual card forever. Yeah. Let's uh, let's take a look at ye old city of starry games. Oh, there you go. And see what Haven of the Spirit Dragon. Uh, oh, they're only pre-selling for seven ninety nine in foil. Really? Yeah, huh. I would probably trade for those all day. At uh, seven dollars. So what does that card do? Put them put them in a box. All right. So it's a, so it's colorless land, or it taps for one mana of any color. If you want to spend that mana for a dragon creature spell, and then you and sack it, it also has two mana and sack it to regrow a dragon creature or Yugen Planeswalker card. That seems good. Like in blue black <laughs> control or whatever. You just like. Get back Silumgar and whatever and Ugin as your win cons and you just right, whenever it just you fixes get, right, fixes your mana for your for your Solumgar. Yeah. I mean, you get back your Ugin or whatever when they when they kill it. It's kind of an, a colorless land that yeah, for the most part when you need to cash it in as insurance. Like that seems cool. Kind of awkward with uh whatever vault because vault exiles st- stuff, right? Right. Okay, so that's a bit of an awkward, but yeah, this this seems good. But I, I don't know. It's a casual card, man. Dragon EDH. I mean, Cyan of Ur-Dragon is like almost $20 now. <laughs> I used to have like five or six of those, and I was so happy when I could trade them away for like $3 each. Wow. Oops, Oops lol. Oops. Yeah. So, Cyan of Ur-Dragon. I wonder how much foil Atarka's commands are. It feels like that's probably... Because people do love playing their burn decks. Yeah, they do. If I played Constructed, I feel like that's one I'd play. And also, it kind of feels like Lava Spike was kind of sadly not very cube-worthy. Well, Atarka's Command, 10 pre-order. That's fair. That's fair. It was just like Skull, like skull Crack and Lava Spike were just kind of just outside of cube range. It's like, and right. hey, Command! Yeah, like Skull Crack is... Right. If you have access to the green easily, then uh, Atarka's Command is a, is a nice one. You also get Destructive Revelry, too, for that same... Uh, Type of effect because it's so yeah well because it's destroyed artifact or enchantment yeah so you naturalize so you naturalize and it deals two damage to them yes that's that's cool so it's pseudo smash to smithereens smash to natural means 
Yeah, I don't know. Well, I ran out of gas there, so. So it sounds like a good time to wrap it up. It does, so. Do I do plugs, shout-outs? Uh, let's see. Uh, at Antony42 on Twitter. Uh, please, once again, go check out our last episode with uh, Marshall LR, at Marshall LR from Marshall Sutcliffe, from Magic Coverage and from <clears throat> and from uh, the Limited Resources podcast. Um, it was a great episode. We had a lot of fun. Uh, very informative. Um, so go check that out. Um, uh, do some magic articles on legit MTG for me. Um, pretty much Anthony 42, no matter where you go. If you see that handle, that's, uh, very likely me. Um, what about you? Um, I'm going to be getting a article posted for, or at least, you know, doing a review of this set for, GatheringMagic.com So I'm pretty excited about doing that. Uh, At Usman the Red U-S-M-A-N T-H-E R-A-D At Twitter. Alright. And yeah, I'd rather be cubing.wordpress By the way, there's like not that many like votes on the blog posts for the Crack-A-Pack. I'm I'm slightly disappointed. It's only been like a week. So guess what's winning, by the way? Uh, Batter Skull? Nope. Sorry. Really? Batter Skull only has two votes somehow. What? So I'm gonna I'm gonna go down up. So um B- Rare Begone one vote. Duplicant nice. one. Uh-huh. Flame Tongue one. <laughs> okay. Batter Skull two. Alright. Thundermaw two. Uh-huh. Worm coil nine, sort of body in mine nine. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I I'm confused. Wow. At all. wow, I mean, sword, okay, but I'm surprised at the, the big disparity between Worm Coil and Batter Skull. I kind of figured those would be neck and neck. Yeah, same. That's so weird. Yeah, so... Uh, wow, that's cool, though. So total votes, 30, 25, like, that's not that's not a whole lot. Yeah, let's get some more people, get on there. The previous crack, yeah, the past crack pack had 101 votes. Right, time right, to... So uh, that's been there for a really long time. Pump it up, pump it up. Let's pump it up, yeah. Vote for, I don't know, who knows. Vote for your favorites. Yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, I'm excited. This this whole block has been so good for Cube. Uh, it really has. It's been outstanding. Who would have thought that we would get, like, Zergo, whatever. Like, Zergo, just, wow, that card's so good. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, and it's also a nod to Ironclaw Orcs. Right. Which I think is cool. Like, even the dash cost is the same as casting it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's so cool, and it's a good card. Cause it costs he's an orc? Orc. Yeah, he's an orc. I don't know if Ironclaw Orcs is... Or if it got ret... you know... Uh, retconned. Let's find right. out. Right. Ironclaw Orcs. Oh, just an orc. Ah, not cool enough, huh? Alright. So, yeah, there we go. I think this has been pretty pretty fun. It's, uh, it, I'm, I'm liking that we recorded an episode last week, and we have another one. I don't think we're going to be continuing this pace in all reality, but... <laughs> yeah, you know, it's fun. Like, it's the sweet. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, uh, when when time frees up, this is certainly uh, something we like to do. So, we like to take advantage when we get a chance. So, yeah, pretty pretty stoked. Take four. I like the precursor pun, by the way, from that last episode. You said, "Oh, thank you." Like thank a precursor gone. <laughs> I was like, "Nice." <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Shout outs again to uh, 
you know, MTG Cube. Um, I don't know. Shout outs to Twitter. I like the conversation that goes on on Twitter. Like shout outs to Twitter. Shout outs to, shout outs to Twitter, like Magic Twitter. People tend to underrate how useful it is. So that's pretty. Yeah, cool. I learned a lot. Yeah, I actually saw a, a very interesting video today on discussing uh, the definition of near mint. Huh. Yeah, I don't. I didn't see that. Yeah, there's uh, someone did a uh, a representation, uh, a visual representation with like the grading guidelines from different uh, uh, grading sources and what near mint actually means, but how people perceive it, um, oh. that I, I did like a lot. Um, I know you can... Let me see if I can find it here quickly. Uh, it is by... Sorry, this is, uh, I'm sure, not the not great pod. So the, uh, the Twitter handle is at OpenBoosters. Oh, interesting. Um, did a video uh, about grading and magic cards. So uh, look for at open boosters, and there's a video where he displays five different graded uh, Jusm gins and shows wow. the difference between the gradings. But then talks about it a lot more, and I think it, it's certainly an eye-opener. Um, and I think uh, if, you, uh, if you're into the to finance thing at all, if you're into card condition at all, I think it's certainly an eye opener, so you should go check that out. Nice. There you go. Also, random shout outs. Um, have you watched Tolarian Community College? You no. most like YouTube videos? Those are good. Just general kind of good YouTube videos. And Evan Irwin back on making videos for the Magic Show, which I think is cool. I guess shout out because he, he was one of the main inspirations for me building my own cube. He doesn't really talk uh, about cube much nowadays, but it's always nice when we post stuff. Uh-huh. Shout out to the A team because. Because, yeah. Mr. Bush that, apparently has been asking lots of good questions. Yeah, thank you, Mr. J. Bush, for for asking questions. All right, and on that note. Oh yeah, there's only yeah. one thing left to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Rock over London. Rock on Chicago. Dragons of Dark here. Your dragon, their doom. doom. Yeah, I. Huh. Doom. Yeah, that was... Doom. Yeah. Doom. What a... Doom. What a, Doom. What a great... Doom. <laughs> what a great... Dragon. Doom. Dragon. Dragon. <laughs> I've been <laughs> ambushed. <laughs> uh, take three. There you go. That's a fire ambush, by the way. Oh, there you go. Ambush viper. <laughs> right. No, mine was a fiery ambush. Oh, I got I got fired. Right. <laughs> All right. On that note. Naga, naga, naga to work here. Naga. <laughs> All right. See you guys next time. All right. Peace out.